hello Ooh. and welcome to shut the fuck up <laughs> weird name for a podcast yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> welcome to towards the eye roll a podcast where four friends read moby dick together uh hello my name is dibs and who else is here where's matthew <laughs> i'm oh i'm here hi 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 there i'm matthew wow hi, matthew. nice job Hi, who's Matthew. that? Oh my god, wait, two more people. Who who's that? Uh hi, I'm Carlos. Oh, exciting. And I'm Latner. Wow, four of us. Whoa. Four friends four together reading. Oh, wait, wait, who'd have thought? Who's, who's that? <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, I don't know, it's a ghost or a monster or something. Oh, yeah, okay. there might be a ghost. Sorry, I thought I would try yeah. to Leviathan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. The ghost right. of Herman Melville. Oh, oh my god. Uh, Herm. Get out of here, nerd. We don't know you. We don't we don't fucking know you. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we're all together. We've all been we've all been reading Moby Dick. Uh, it's been a pretty solid time. We're gonna start out these podcasts, you know, each week by doing a quick check in on everybody's everyone's yearn yearn alert yearnvals yearn levels. There's not really maybe we'll find maybe we'll find a good abbreviation. Um, gonna go around and see how everybody's feeling. How much everyone's yearning for the sea first as as a check. Mm-hmm. Matthew, are you yearning for the sea? Can you give us like maybe like a one to five rating or something on, on how I'm, much you're yearning for the sea? I'm I'm really I'm really yearning for the sea. Wow, like really? A, yeah, like I'm oh. like a four. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty high. Yeah. Maybe we should okay. get you some ocean. Oh god, I wish. I I miss living by the water. Well, well there's that. How about how about mm-hmm. you, Carlos? How's how's that yearning for the ocean? Pretty intense yearning there. Mm-hmm. Uh, after reading these first three mm-hmm. chapters, look, I, I was I did not know <laughs> when they were going to get to the sea. I was getting uh-huh. really excited that they would. Yeah. So I'm definitely high up there. I would also say I would actually say a five because I feel like it's going to wow. go down. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah. Okay. Yep. Solid five. Vlad, how about you? How's that? How's that ocean yearning coming from the middle of the country feeling for you? Mm. Yeah. Prop 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 like a three. Okay. You know, maybe maybe a, a little yearning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely wouldn't be opposed to the ocean. Yeah, but not, well, that's pretty safe. not all the way there yet. Yeah, well, it'd be, it would take a while for you to get to the ocean, so it's probably good that you know. I mean, if yeah, you've got an ocean, I'll take one. I I just think like I knowing what the sea and the ocean are, it's like mm-hmm. whatever. But Israel kind of like sold me on it. It's true. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, I'm like a salt. You know what? I'm actually a four two today, mostly yeah. because mm-hmm. my mom video called me from the ocean of Cape Cod, right where the chapters are. And it's like super cold and brutal out there today. And she was like, look at this, like just totally furious freezing ocean where you would just die as soon as you fall into it. And it made me, it made me yearn for the cold sea. Um, Yeah. I was about to say that, that that might raise mine up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh It was good. I wanted to feel that like icy froth, you know, Mm -hmm. on, on my cheeks. Um, but I can live without it. So it's like a four out of a five. And then how about, uh, yeah, Matthew. Yeah. I've, I've just looked at where new Bedford is on the map. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. It's where a normal person might think it might be. I thought it was in New York for some reason. Uh huh. Been here before, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm thinking new Haven, which is in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. (laughs) If, if only one of us lived in New York and could let us know what's there. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe oh. one day I'll find out. Uh-huh. Maybe. <laughs> so, also, I want to know how everyone's doing with your with your vengeance yearning as as another just quick check in. You know, let's go let's go opposite opposite way around. Let do you do you have a craving for vengeance today at all? Maybe like Not a really. one to five. No, feeling like pretty a, chill. Like a like a one. 
Like a one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. No one's wronged you recently. You don't have no. any like scores to settle. No, got got those all nice. crossed off the list. Yeah. No. Already done with those. Yeah. Yeah, Anyone who's crossed me has been dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. What, mm. Yeah. What about what about you, Carlos? Do you have any vengeance kicking around in there today? Uh, not more than usual. No, mm-hmm. definitely not reading the book. I'm I'm feeling the good vibes. I'm feeling good vibes. The, the cold. The kind mm-hmm. of focusing on myself in my lane. In your lane, what? moisturized. What? Moisturized. Yeah. <laughs> Thriving, flourishing. What, yeah, what is exactly. your baseline level for for vengefulness? Uh, pretty high. Okay. <laughs> okay. He doesn't say that much. Yeah. Yeah. Love to hear it. How you doing, Matthew? What's that vengeance vibe check looking like over on that end? Uh, I'm feeling like a two. Mm. Well, two. Two feels like a baseline for me for for vengeance. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not like okay. not like one. Like there's always like a little bit of vengeance, like you know, fomenting in the heart. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. But no, like specific individual. Yeah. It's like item if I saw vengeance. if I saw vengeance on the table, I'd be like, mm, well, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, totally. But I, I'm not like yeah. you know. I'm not like going out for vengeance. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, maybe maybe a two. I'm like a low, I don't hold grudges really. Like I'm a low mm-hmm. vengeance person mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. But I think Great. that like a dash mm-hmm. of vengeance is sure. like that's that's good for all of us. It keeps you keeps you fresh, yeah. keeps mm-hmm. you sexy, keeps you on your toes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you have a little mm-hmm. bit of that vengeance in the mix. So I think mm-hmm. I think a two is probably fair. I'm lying. I'm like so cozy in my house today, eating my <laughs> toast. It's it's definitely a one or a zero. I have okay. no vengeance plans. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll shift. But that's that's about yeah. where I'm at. We'll see. We'll, we'll see where the day takes us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So yeah. So we are gonna be reading through Moby Dick all together. I'm very excited. Some of us have read it before. All of all of us, except for one of us, will will go around and and sum up there. Mm-hmm. We're going to be reading like a different, a varying amount of chapters um, for each episode. Try to divide it up in terms of like divisions that make sense, which is uh, saying a lot for this book, uh, as <laughs> yes. we'll get into. But um, let's go around the horn real quick, and we can talk about what our experience is with Moby Dick and um, and what, what version of the book we have and, and what we're looking at. I can just go first real quick, since I'm already, mm-hmm. um, you know, chatting. I read Moby Dick for the first time, God, like eight years ago or something. Really enjoyed my experience with it. Ripped, ripped through it, despite the fact that there are some parts that are slower uh when you read through it for for the (laughs) first time and the version of the book that i currently have drop my pen that i will be reading from is the version that my dad had in college and all of his notes and underlines are in it and it is yeah it's the 1964 bob's merrill company it is apparently the 11th printing so i'll have to look this up i wonder if this is like the original publisher or something but Hmm. that's that's what i got Who's next? So I first read it probably late middle school, early high school. I don't think it was specifically for a class, but something school related, maybe an extracurricular. Um, did not like it. Uh, turns out for a, a kid, um, it is not, <laughs> not, not an enjoyable book. Um, then I didn't think about it for a while until at some point last year, people kept talking about it on Twitter and it kept on showing up other places in my life. And eventually I was like, you know what? I, I guess I should go back and like try it again. Uh, and it turns out I missed a lot. Because um, <laughs> I was a big fan and really enjoyed it. I think just a lot of the the humor wasn't present to me. Especially in the way it tends to be taught. Where it's very yeah. dry and tries to overanalyze everything. 
as opposed uh-huh. to just this weird dude talking a lot. And then I will be reading the Norton Critical Edition, which on top of the text has a bunch of other stuff, like pages of other content, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, that that ISBN for everyone at home is nine seven eight zero three nine three two eight five zero zero zero. Just you know, if you want to follow along, sure. sure. Yeah, drop yeah. those ISBNs yeah. in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I, ISBN thirteen though, not ten. Yeah, obviously. Sure. Obviously. Yeah. But actually, is there a big difference? I mean, it's not a translated book, so I'm guessing the big difference is no, just like footnote stuff, there's, right? There's, there's absolutely not. Nah. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're not translating it from English into <laughs> no. English still. Unless you have like one of those weird like um, spark notes, like contemporary yeah, English shortened. versions. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, Abridged. No. Oh, I, I would, I would be very funny to find out here. like into three episodes in that someone has an abridged version that'd be very um, funny what do you <laughs> mean you all read 10 pages about rope like <laughs> yeah um oh, no. I, I so it, it's funny because like last night i was i was doing my doing my reading and my my housemate was like i've never in my life seen a person reading moby dick what? just like out of leisure just because like she had had a similar experience of just like it was like a, a book you read in high school yeah um and I, the quickest way to make someone not like something is to make them read it for high school English class, I think. Yep, um, absolutely. But I never read it in cl- in like school. I actually audio read it. I audio read the audiobook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> like when I was doing my undergrad, it was probably around eight years ago. Also, I was working in the library archives doing a job where I was just like, we had a tremendous amount of like f- film from like, 50 years of like photography news commission like taking photos around campus um and my job was to just like scan all those photos and then like do like digital cleanup on them so i blew through a lot of audiobooks mm. um because that's an extremely boring rote job where mm-hmm. like i can just do that all day and just listen to audiobooks so it was great yeah um, I, I read through like a lot of like classic literature that way right audio read a lot of classic literature that way um just because like there's a lot of good performances that are like cheap and and all that stuff so yeah i, I originally read the audiobook and i am now reading mm-hmm. i picked up at some point a cheap paperback it has 350 penciled in the front probably from a used bookstore probably in san francisco uh when i still lived there um and i'm reading through that it is the uh bantam classic paperback edition there's a US, there's an isbn it's there i don't i don't need to prove that there's an isbn <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have no experience with Moby Dick mm-hmm. at all. I did not have to read it in high school or ever, and didn't really hear people talking about it. I, gu- I guess I saw that on Twitter also, but it, I, I feel like it was just mostly you all that <laughs> started talking about Moby Dick a few months ago, and then we started tossing this idea around, so I didn't actually read it. Uh, so yeah, I have no experience. Uh, it from the first few things it seems cool obviously i know the like we, we were talking about this earlier also but i, I do know the like general there's a whale where it ends up oh you do mostly <laughs> yeah the the well i mean i feel like it's not gonna end well i don't I, yeah i don't know that any of the specifics or any of the characters uh-huh. i do know what a white whale is yeah. you know yeah how people use that uh-huh. so you know there's certainly things that i know about it but not in any real real depth so i'm excited to dig uh-huh. in just general vibes you've got some like yeah i've got some general vibes i, I do I, I will say i did have some like preconceived notions about the book 
mainly that it's very boring mm-hmm. that i'm excited <laughs> to like have be broken mm-hmm. by this endeavor and I'll, definitely the, the first two chapters that we read for for this episode yeah. um, are a good start but yeah and uh, i'm reading from the wordsworth classics edition which kind of in the in the general introduction prides itself and as being like very very stripped back just having like the basically the original text and i think most of the like i don't know did he have footnotes or endnotes he's got some stuff did he make those himself like so you know i, I just have the like the most basic I, thing i feel There's like no the original text just had anywhere four it. notes of just like here's every quote i could find about yeah. whales yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's right. About right yeah that that is which honestly a good place to start in terms of mm-hmm. <laughs> us digging mm-hmm. into this like i this was the first big yeah. surprise for me in terms of going back to this book is like okay we're gonna we're gonna do uh, the first three chapters today. So we're gonna start with Loomings and then go through the carpet bag and the spatter in. But before we get to Loomings, I would love to just touch on everything real quick that we have before that. Starting with this uh, dedication of the book, which I forgot about <laughs> until I opened it up, uh, which reads, "In token of my admiration for his genius, this book is inscribed to Nathaniel Hawthorne." And I've written in the margins, "Ooh," in that voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah of uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is uh, is cute, God. and I didn't realize they were friends. Uh, Matthew, you said your edition has letters that they wrote to each other. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read them yet, but like my edition does have some like additional ephemera that uh, I'm I'm looking forward to digging into. They included letters between Nathaniel Hawthorne and uh, Melville, some like reviews of like when it came out, um, mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. But the my 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 version also has an introduction which talks a little bit about the like history of like Moby Dick going from like draft to finished book, um, and like it, it seems like a big part of that had to do with Nathaniel Hawthorne. Um, mm-hmm. I also I have somewhere I have I picked up a. Uh, uh, one of my many unread books that I picked up at some point, a book that is, I think, about Nathaniel Hawthorne and Herman Melville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just Googled. Um, yeah, it's just called really? The Whale. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, like I just Googled uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Herman Melville, because I forgot that this was a thing and I, I haven't looked into any of it. And the very first result is an article from The Marginalia entitled Herman Melville's passionate, beautiful, heartbreaking love letters to Nathaniel Hawthorne, which include the quote, your heart beat in my ribs and mine in yours and both in God's, the divine magnet is in you and my magnet responds. So, uh-huh. yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah. The, the, the book I have that I picked up that I'm, I'm, I might like dig into as we, as we go through this is called The Whale, a love story by Mark Beauregard. I don't know if it is fiction or nonfiction or uh, it, it it is about explicitly like Herman Melville and um, Nathaniel Hawthorne uh, and and describes it as a love story and stuff like that. But also just like the the description in the introduction, which is like it's very academic in the sense that it's like, well, here's what happened, and like I'm not gonna like speculate on that. Yeah. But it it is about like they exchange these letters. Uh, like there is. They, they um they i'm sorry real quick they met and spent a summer together in vermont and that's apparently how they started hanging out yes. so really? i'm very uh-huh. excited <laughs> yeah. to learn more about that um this is an excerpt from the letter by melville a sense of unspeakable securities in me in this moment on account of your having understood the book i have written a wicked book and feel spotless as a lamb he went on to express his astonishment 
at Hawthorne's so exactly sharing his deepest thoughts and fully <laughs> sensing what Melville had despaired of ever being able to communicate. I love that for them. Um, yeah, anyways, yeah, they exchange letters. Some of them are destroyed, which is like, that's like the thing that yeah. we talk about when we're talking about like queer love letters. <laughs> Just like sometimes yep. they get destroyed. Yeah, that's like the classic. It's like it's like the um, it's like the delete my drafts, delete my tweets of back then. Mm. Like when I die, you have to go burn all my gay love letters. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I right. can't read them anymore. So, yeah. But yeah, so there's <laughs> there's that introduction, that little dedication, and then we immediately like pivot from you know from from Melville with this very sweet in token of or in token to into these incredibly catty notes that he leaves at the beginning of <laughs> his other introduction sections. Like he has this note at the beginning of Entomology, which says, supplied by a late consumptive usher to a grammar school, where he just talks about this like usher who would uh, hang around and had all these little flags in his office or on his... No, no, it has like a handkerchief covered in flags and he would just like dust things and he was like weird. And and then he and then he has like this other section for extracts where he has had what he calls a sub sub librarian who he just shit talks for two paragraphs, (laughs) pull every single quote that someone has written about whales to open his book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a funny like collection of just like detritus almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, of just like here's all this other stuff that I'm I don't know that it's even necessarily like pulling from but it's just like it's like the equivalent of like what you get now if you like search Goodreads quotes for whale uh, it's just like <laughs> here's all the things yeah it's yep <laughs> it, like what he calls it here is um, that someone he asked someone to pull this together to put in his book right they're doing him a favor and he comes in here and he calls them the higgly piggledy whale statements yeah. <laughs> and he calls them mostly wrong um god yeah. and then he makes fun of this sub sub librarian by saying thou belongest to that hopeless sallow tribe which no wine in this world will ever warm and for whom even pale sherry would be too rosy strong <laughs> it's just like literally saying like god. i paid this nerd to like pull a bunch of whale facts that I'm like a superior nerd and I know are false mm-hmm. to to start yeah. my book. So just take these, take these for what you will. These I'm counting in in my book, fifteen pages of whale quotes to get what? you started. <laughs> it's quite a few. Yeah. Any other thoughts on these Six, seven, eight, <laughs> opening notes? Nine, ten, ten, nine and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I them this time. I did not read yeah. the whale quotes. Oh, like yeah. he literally said, these no, are bullshit. So I did not read them. Like there's a yeah. lot. No. Yeah, I'm fine. Like without, um, I'm here for his shit talking, yeah. and then I'm moving on. Um, into the very first chapter of Loomings. 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 So, so Carlos, you mentioned that like you had heard that this book was boring, and what mm-hmm. previously. Um, or at least that's like that's like a that's like a thing in the zeitgeist, right? Like people like, oh, oh my god. At least that's yeah, I think definitely. That's, yeah, it's, anything you know, longer than like, like a lot of things. Old, like oh, that's boring. That's like old. I think especially Moby Dick because like yeah, old people. And long. Yes. Yeah, it's long, yeah. and I think <laughs> there are parts of it that have a, a rightfully deserved reputation of like kind of going off. But like when I when I reread this <laughs> eight years later, I was um 
I was like knocked on my fucking ass by the tone mm-hmm. that he just throws out of his body onto paper. And I'm curious, coming into it with that right. pre-expectation, since this is the first time you're reading it, of like, yeah, like I've heard it's kind of like a meandering, like kind of boring book. Like how, how did the vibes hit for this first chapter? I mean, g- genuinely, like the, the entire first page like just completely shifted that i mean obviously like i'm not coming into this obviously like i trust you all right i know that right. it's not gonna be just a just a three-year-long journey where we read a boring book um but yeah the i just from the from the top there when he starts talking about damp drizzly novembers in his soul i was i was just hooked um and i think that the, the entirety of the first three chapters just like keep keep that up mm-hmm. i don't know where the whole whale fact parts are going to come into this and when he's uh-huh. going to start talking about rope as yep. you're kind of alluding to <laughs> love rope. um but at least at least this start has yeah been, i, I yeah, think it was that for me when i reread it last year it was the humor that really kind of surprised me um yes that i like didn't pick up on at the mm-hmm. time and i don't think is mentioned a lot in the more popular zeitgeist but just uh the the way he describes everything and then what stuck out to me was where he's talking about um, wandering into the street and knocking people's hats off. Um, <laughs> like, well, well, okay. To be clear, yeah, he's talking about wanting to go into the street, right, and knock people's hats off yes. because, like, if if I don't get to see, I'm about to start being, I'm I'm about to start making problems on purpose, <laughs> right? But but not like actual yeah. problems, not like actually hitting people. He's just going to start yes. knocking people's hats off. Um, yeah. It's so good, it's so good. Um, we should. Should we summarize this chapter before we dig into it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. honestly, like, there's not that much of no. like this first chapter is like, no. I, I want, <laughs> I want to, I want to go to the water. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it. bad. Well, okay. it's the I want to go to the water, and he like, uh, so I was, I was trying to like, I was reading this in front of the fireplace last night, like while Thatcher was making dinner, and I kept being like, mm-hmm. you have, I, I, trying to summarize to him the journey that I was watching this like Mm -hmm. pinball machine of a human being's brain, like Mm -hmm. go through in this chapter. It's like so completely all over the map. And uh, we've got some highlights that I'm sure we'll, we'll be excited to visit that sort of summarize that. But I was like explaining (laughs) to someone this morning what it feels like reading this book. And I was like, it feels like I'm walking on the beach and someone runs up to me walking their dog and starts talking to me about uh, what they had for breakfast and seabirds. And then I watch as they just continue to speak and wander into the ocean and get down on their knees. And then they just start crying in the ocean. And then <laughs> and then they just start laughing in the ocean. And then they get up and they walk over to a snack bar and they just like really cheerfully eat a hamburger and like talk through Egypt the entire time they're doing that. And like that, that for me is just like the energy that this writing has in a way that is... Yeah. Um, frankly as brave as i think it is completely off the fucking wall and i'm mm-hmm. i'm very here for it yeah i mean i like for being what like five pages in my in my copy he does a lot in this first chapter like mm-hmm. there's there's clearly a lot of things being established both about ishmael and about kind of like you know where i think some of the thematic elements are going to go especially at the end of the chapter where he starts talking about like the actual whale and mm-hmm. talking about his fate and de- his destiny and blah 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 that I I thought was like 
extremely strong. But yeah, we should do a quick summary. I mean, I mean it's is... pretty much just I want to go yeah. to the ocean, right? <laughs> I guess yeah. that is. It's, it's, it's I, I want to go to the ocean, it. and then there is like a lot of this... and and like uh, this is I think I think characteristic of like Ishmael as a narrator, if not Melville as a writer. Mm. Like it's like I want to go to the water. Let's talk about water. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about water. Yeah. yeah. So the funny thing yeah. about water, yeah. Yeah. God, like it's like it's like this kind of like like a philosophical like aside of like what's up with water have you ever thought about like everyone wants to go to the water all the time it's like it's like there's something special about it let's talk about why it's special it's so special to me have you thought about how special water is it's great but the thing is that it really worked it really worked for me it is special it's absolutely special um like I, i i feel this like reading this i was like I don't know. It's just like I also I used to live right uh, on on the Pacific when I was going to college, and it was just like I walked home along the Pacific Ocean, and it fucking ruled. Yeah. Um, right. And I also I have a I don't know if I've told my Chicago story. I like I like the water a lot, um, and there is a lot of this was like, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's really it's really incredible. I do think it's like. <laughs> The way that he goes off, it is it is a little bit I, like I have a note here for like one of a potential um, where we're going to keep track of the lies that Herman Melville tells us. And one potential <laughs> is like, if you just put a human being out in the wilderness, they will walk towards water, which. <laughs> God, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess technically because so eventually you'll hit an ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, And the rest of the chapter is like talking talking about like why water is so cool Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. then he starts to talk about like okay well how do i i I feel the call of the ocean how do i how do i chase that up Mm -hmm. do i go as a cook do i go as a passenger do i go no i go as a sailor um and he talks about like all why this is such a good idea (laughs) yeah he sure Um, does Mm -hmm. i'm sorry he says real quick um i want to call out i uh no i never go as a passenger nor though i am something of a salt do I go as a commodore or a captain or a cook? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just like mm, life goals yes. to refer to yourself as something of a salt with uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, it's great. I, this is like this part where he then like explains like I don't go as a passenger because you have to pay and mm-hmm. fuck that. Mm-hmm. I would rather be paid, which he has sure. a um he has a little aside here that. <laughs> So good. Made me think of of Carlos. Wait, where did I where did I write it down? He's talking about being paid. What will compare with it? The urbane activity with which a man receives money is really marvelous, considering that we so earnestly believe money to be the root of all earthly ills, and that no uh, and that on no account can be a moneyed man can a money man ever enter heaven. Ah, oh, uh-huh. how cheerfully we consign ourselves to perdition. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I underlined that sentence and wrote Carlos mm-hmm. next to it. I I had a similar Look, feeling of just like uh, that's that that's eat the rich baby yeah, yeah. absolutely uh-huh. this is uh-huh. where I wrote a quote comrade Ishmael question mark base <laughs> so yeah you were you were right on the uh huh so like no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, pay I'm not I'm gonna go and mm-hmm. I'm gonna get paid to to go get my um get my sea cravings just taken mm-hmm. care of and all packed up yeah. inside of me. Um, I'm not going to go as a Commodore or a captain because I think like a summary of this is I'm too cool to be in charge. Yes. Well, I have this highlighted. <laughs> this is, I, I love this, this thing of like, 
For my part, I abominate all honorable, respectable toils, trials, and tribulations of every kind whatsoever. I hate to do actual work. Real hickey yes. energy on that yeah. sentence, in my opinion. It's it's great. Uh, I don't know. I, I mm-hmm. I'm something I'm I'm trying to like pay more attention to in in this reading is like when I when I read or when I audio read the book the first time, I kind of understood understood Ishmael as like kind of a author insert which may or may not be true i'm leaning towards yes that's true um but i'm also like i I want to understand like ishmael as a character slash melville as a Mm -hmm. character which i have a i have a talking point about that later yeah yeah good of you to take that angle because like yeah i think that like for me mentally they're the same person like melville and ishmael are the same person the route that the Mm -hmm. ship ends up taking is the exact inverse of the route that he took around the world like it's it's like all uh-huh. his experiences like buttoned up and yeah. put inside of here um he's a school teacher ishmael is a school teacher who is sick of being in new york and wants to go to sea it's like all the exact same shit <laughs> relatable yeah there's like a part where he talks about the part of manhattan that like he is hanging out on when he realizes that he needs to go and get in the mm-hmm. ocean and it's pretty great cinched to his desk and he needs to go mm-hmm um a brief brief aside well because we're in the same neighborhood um oh while talking about like paying and getting paid the act of paying is perhaps the most uncomfortable infliction that the two orchard thieves entailed upon us i love referring to adam and eve as the two (laughs) Two orchard orchard thieves oh my god that's the most powerful way of referring to them yes Uh (laughs) uh-huh like that's that's like we're just like this is just a thing that humans do. Uh, yeah, this is Adam and Eve's fault. Those two orchard thieves. Oh, I love that. It's That's so, so good. great. It's so fucking good. Um, and then of course he also talks about uh the the option of going as a cook. Oh yes, which I which highlighted is this part. Yeah, <laughs> a kind of officer on a ship, which is true. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I think that like right. I, I highlighted this chunk because I think that this is the part that I read out loud to Thatcher to be like, I need you to understand the type of bullshit that this man mm-hmm. is on. And the sentence goes, as for going as a cook, though I confess there is considerable glory in that, a cook being a sort of officer on shipboard, yet somehow I never fancied broiling fowls, though once broiled judiciously (laughs) buttered and judgmentally salted and peppered, there is no one who will speak more respectfully, not to say reverentially, of a broiled fowl than I will. It is out of the idolatrous dotings of the old Egyptian upon broiled ibis and roasted river horse, which is a hippo, by the way, that you will see the mummies Mm. of those creatures in their huge baked houses, the pyramids. (laughs) Like, the the A to B to C to D to E of like, now could I go as a cook? Yes, but I don't like cooking it. Now it's interesting. The Egyptians, <laughs> my yeah. guy, yeah. I was, I was, I, I was you. stunned. Right. I was like, oh my god, like Vesti, mm-hmm. holy fucking shit! Yeah. Like he just goes and he lets himself go. Like yes. he, he he wrote it on paper and looked at it and edited it and turned it in to an editor who who probably told him, "Do you want to rethink this?" And he said, "Absolutely not." Yeah. And and he sent it out there like this. It's amazing. There's, there's something uh, so like yeah. earnest and wholesome and beautiful about like just like letting yourself go on those like tangents that I I, I wholeheartedly like love and adore. Yeah, um, I do want to talk about like where where the thing about the sea ends up, and especially like there's this quote like surely all this is not without meaning, 
And then he, after the whole like cook thing, talks about like how a schoolmaster would transition into becoming a sailor <laughs> and how that requires a strong decoction of Seneca and the Stoic. I don't know. Like to me, this sounds like him just trying to figure out his fate. That's kind of part of it. Apart from like the humor and the, the like weird tangents that he goes on is like so mysterious. And so like that's really what drew me in. Is this like feeling of low, like, yeah, he's trying to understand it himself, why he's like yeah. leaving his life behind. Well, and this is almost where the the title of the chapter comes in, like Loomings, where there's this almost oh, yeah. sense mm-hmm. of like doom hanging over it, where he, he does oh, talk yeah. about all these tangents and these weird stuffs, but he's like, yeah, but I was fated to go on this regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I just, exactly. it, I just put it, to, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just put together, is looming, is that about like fate, like the loom yeah. of fate? Yeah, that's at least that's the vibe I got on it was very much like I read it. I read it as like it it has two distinct vibes for me. Like it has the looming when he's like when when you start the chapter, he's talking about being bummed out in November. Right. Mm -hmm. And that has this very Mm -hmm. like loomy energy, like an overcast day. And so like it starts there, but then it moves into like what is that overcast energy? Actually, it is this sense of like this fate that is encroaching on us and on him as like the narrator that you just start getting it's like it's like an inevitable pull you know what i mean it's like this slipping Uh, the same way that he says that if you just like set a human being free in the wild they will walk towards the ocean like he's gonna be walking (laughs) towards some shit right and like there is that vibe of like a portent, uh, like a harbinger energy with yeah. that loom, I think, as you go through it. Well, and that's right. that, that's how the chapter ends up, is where he has these visions of the whales um, <laughs> like entering his soul and then this one grand hooded phantom standing in, in, in the middle. Um, it's God. just such a like strong way to open it, especially when it, you know, you aren't 100% sure where he's going uh, like 80% of the time in the chapter. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, then he, and then he gets to this, and he's like, "Yeah, but I, I have a destination. <laughs> we're we are going somewhere. It might take a while, but you know, yeah, there's there's something there. It's pretty cool. It's like there's like a fascination with humanity through through this reflection of like the water and like what that means for all of us. Like the mm-hmm. parts that um mm-hmm. <laughs> the parts that my dad highlighted when he was in college, which I like have in here, which Ooh. is hilarious." He highlighted the part where he starts talking about, like, how water has this thing with Narcissus, right? Like, so, like, Narcissus is the the Greek myth about the the guy who was so hot that he couldn't stop looking at his own reflection and he wanted to yeah. make out with himself. And so he drowns. <laughs> um, cool story. Uh, so, like, he goes off about this, which does definitely start that whole doomy vibe of, like, water's so cool. We can't stop going to the water. You know when you look at the water so long that you end up like dying, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, word, okay, yeah, that that time, <laughs> Do you? um, mm-hmm. probably fine. Probably be fine at the end of this book. Yeah, yep, yep, totally. And then he also has this part highlighted where he starts talking about which this was this was a this was a line for this chapter for me. Um, what of it if some old hunk of a sea captain orders me to get a broom <laughs> and sweep down the decks? <laughs> <laughs> uh that that was the quote that made me think ah uh, uh, dibs will have something to say about this yeah sure do sure do but he starts going off about how like you know aren't we all he says who ain't a slave is mm-hmm. a line that i underlined and he talks about like mm-hmm. how hey we all have to get ordered around sometime because that's what god does to angels by the way and aren't we all <laughs> just like servants to god's will like that's mm-hmm. the thing that's so that i love about this book so much especially in this first chapter is how we can bounce from 
what of it if some old sea hunks order me about to, aren't we all just angels in the end? And it's in like the same three sentences so close together. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it definitely, definitely has those vibes. Uh, I just, one last thing for me. No. Uh, this is like a, a little small <laughs> thing. Um, I just, there's, there's a, a quote towards the end. I love to sail forbidden seas. Oh, buddy boy. Fellas. Yeah. Fellas. <laughs> it's okay to sail a forbidden sea with another man. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. That's all. Yeah. I just I just saw that and said, that's gay. I underlined um, the one after it, Matthew, which is, um, I am quick to perceive a horror and could still be social with it. Would it let me? Wow. Uh, Wait, a good, a good also like bit about chapter three, which we're going to talk about in, in a moment here. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious. Does yours say would it let me? No, would they let me? Okay, okay. That's, that's what my I was curious. What if there's a difference? But also, like the, the <laughs> translation difference. Yeah, yep. would, would would they let me? Almost seems more pers- personable. Like, like it's person. referring to mm-hmm. referring to a person yep. as opposed to an object. Yeah, yeah. which um, which speaking yeah. of, so like yeah, let's yeah. let's roll right on here into yep. into chapter two, yeah. carpet bag. Who wants to sum up in like a sentence or two what happens in carpet bag? So if in chapter one, he was talking about how great the sea is, chapter two is like the beginning of him getting to the sea. Um, So him showing up on the town near the ocean and trying to find a place to stay for the night. Yeah, so uh, New Bedford is at the base of Cape Cod. So like you are not on Cape Cod um, when you're in New Bedford. Like Cape Cod is... For people who don't know, it's a like peninsula that curls off of Massachusetts, and it's not actually connected to the floor of the ocean. It's like just this spit of land that comes out, oh. which has a huge, huge whaling history. And then Nantucket and um, Martha's Vineyard are islands off of Cape Cod uh, and this little chunk of Massachusetts that have all of this whaling history and all of this stuff. And I just like... I love Cape Cod. I, uh, I, my mom was born on Cape Cod, so I spent a ton of my childhood on Cape Cod. She lives there now, and it's a, it's a really, it's a real, real vibe there. So, it's nice to read about it. When I, when I looked up New Bedford on Google Maps, like the, the highlights it has, uh, one of them is the New Bedford Whaling Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that is where which... they do the um, annual Moby Dickathon. What, what, that, is, what right. is it actually called? That, that just happened. That right? tracks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, so he's here and he's trying to find a place to sleep so that he can yeah. then kick it out in the morning and find a boat to get on. Because he does want to go to Nantucket, but he misses like a boat. Right? Yeah, right. right. He like misses the boat, the last boat for the day. And then he's like, yeah. all right, well, I've got to find a place to sleep and then I'll go to Nantucket and find a whaling ship that'll right. take me and on then, adventure. What? And then what, what was about Nantucket? It was like, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Well, that was, so I was going to get to this where... He mm-hmm. wants to go to Nantucket, even though he says that, like, New Bedford's really where a lot of the whaling happens nowadays, but Nantucket's mm. where it used to happen. Like, that's that's where the good shit is. That's, I, I love right. that, because it's, it's so... like, it's more, fun, I don't know, it's, it's more fun for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love how um, unabashedly just, like, selfish he is in a lot of ways about this whole experience and about writing the book it's honestly like very refreshing he's just like Mm -hmm. i want to go have my ocean experience i'm gonna do it exactly the fucking way i want like Mm -hmm. uh, the vibes have to be immaculate and like that's the energy the self-indulgence is like Mm -hmm. the vibe that it's written into of just like yeah i'm gonna talk about whatever the hell i want i'm gonna go on my tangents like you're here with me Mm -hmm. you can't escape like (laughs) this is 
crossing the streams, but it's very much feeding your worm. Yes. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not going to explain that. Um, there something, is something, something white whale. Yeah. Something, I mean... something white whale. Um, I, I had highlighted this just because I don't know what the fuck it means. An anxious grapnel. Yep. So like, I also a, a grapnel that. is a is a grappling hook. Yeah. Uh, what? It's like a it's like a small anchor or something. Yeah, it's a four-pronged anchor used for dragging. And I yeah. think that like what he's getting ah, at is mm-hmm. um I, I was th- what I hated about reading these three chapters is that with each page I was like, oh shit, this is just fucking me. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Divs, uh you you were just saying how you were like Herman Melville? Yeah, I think I am. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It it's was funny thing about owls. It is. was a uh, it was a rough realization. I mean, like, so this with the grapnels, right? Like, he talks about like I'm so excited, like I'm traveling, like I'm getting out there, and he starts to feel talk about how like when you get to a a traveling destination at night and you're on your own and you're doing your fucking thing and you start to get those like wiggles of anxiety in your chest mm. where you're like I'm doing it and I'm feeling good about it. But oh boy, I still have a little bit of anxiety, don't I? Because that's part of my life. And like, that's like just literally a feeling that I've had like in (laughs) Shanghai and like Berlin and like all around the world. And he just describes it so well here um, as just that little niggling sensation. So, okay, like the line, the line is like with anxious grapnels, I had sounded my pocket and only brought up a few pieces of silver. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so he's like fishing around for, for like money yeah. to at, like, think about like what inn he can stay at. And is it just like, like reaching into your pocket with like that, <laughs> like grapnel, like trying to grasp for coins? No, or... the grapnel is the feeling of like anxiety hooking behind your ribs when you get a little worried. Like that's how I, I read see. it. It's like oh. the anxious grapnels. You all know, don't you all know the anxious grapnels? <laughs> I, 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 I definitely I that took band. that as, as like his hands where he was just like, oh, God, shit, what, what, what do I have in my pocket? I think you could totally you know? read it either. I, honestly, that makes yeah. sense. Like it could be, it could be the claw of your hand fishing for your coins. I read it <laughs> as like mm-hmm. the way anxiety will sort of like hook behind your ribs and be like, oh shit, you might've fucked up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I also highlighted the <laughs> sentence before this, which I just... I wrote I wrote King next to it because he writes mm-hmm. it was a very dubious looking nay a very dark and dismal night and the the brazenness <laughs> with which uh-huh. you as an author can just write it was a very dubious looking nay a very dark and dismal like you're correcting yourself in the sentence as you write uh-huh. it and just letting that be in there like um did did we actually su- okay I don't think we actually summarized this 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 chapter is like. Leaving no, Manhattan, going to New Bedford, and trying to find an inn, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What happens next, Carlos? Take us take us there. Take us there. Uh, no, okay. So, yeah, he's he wants to get to Nantucket. So, I want to point this out because the, the, it says the word Leviathan, and I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh-huh. it's it's <laughs> it's Nantucket because that's the place where the first dead American whale was stranded. Which I so wrote lie like, next to, but yes. <laughs> is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> funny um yeah uh, and then he's like so why wouldn't i go chase the leviathan there i think mm-hmm. from there mm-hmm. so anyway mm-hmm. but yeah then he's like okay i'm gonna go look at some some places to stay and everything's expensive blah 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 he specifically well, not, says not not only expensive he says too expensive and jolly that's what and i jolly. Right. And jolly. I, I, I have, so I have those highlighted yeah. yeah it's like I, I don't know like I've 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 done this uh, yeah oh yes oh <laughs> yeah uh-huh. I uh-huh. All the, for for a while I was teaching in Brooklyn and I was like after class I was like 
I should go to a restaurant. You know, just like I, I got the whole afternoon free. I should walk mm-hmm. down the street, find a place to eat, go eat in there. La di da. And I just remember like walking past like places and I, mm, there's too many people in there. Yeah, yeah. Me, they're they're laughing uh-huh. and stuff. I, I'm gonna be weird if I'm by myself. Okay, well I'll go <laughs> on to the next one. Jolly. I'm like yeah. going to like three, four different places and being like, yeah, this won't do. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's just what he does yeah. in this chapter. I highlighted this yeah. description just because I think it's a beautiful piece of writing. He's talking about. He says such dreary streets, blocks of blackness, not houses, which mm-hmm. I love. I think that's such a beautiful piece of writing. Yes, and I, I think that goes really well where he talks about that or talks about like the the packed snow and things like 10 inches of frost on um thick pavement yeah um and he's like just describing it in such this miserable way outside right. and then he sees these happy places and he's like no not that that's that that doesn't fit yeah. the vibe i'm looking for mm-hmm. the, the, oh my the God. inn was so warm that like the light from within was melting the snow outside and he was like no no not for no. me no that's i it's a damp and drizzly november in my soul i can't go in there yep. because exactly. I, that'll put me in a better mood and i can't fucking have that <laughs> it's right <laughs> it's so great it's so good uh, also, what is with that? What is with that part where he's like he stumbles over an ashtray or an ash box? I don't yeah, know what that's and called. talks about Sodom and, and Gomorrah. Go- yeah, and uh-huh. like, are these ashes from that destroyed city of Gomorrah? I was like, Jesus, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, why are you mentioning that, bud? Yeah, he's so on his shit. Ominous. It's wild. He's like so in the dream of what this is for him. He's like, right. you know, I'm on my adventure. It's my brooding, like real boy adventure, and I'm gonna have like mm-hmm. some real world shit. And like, I'm not going into those jolly inns. No, I am moping and i am like in my like gothic poetic energy like real goth hours with ishmael melville in this in this chapter Mm -hmm. and then he's like tripping into an ashtray and being like this is just like that romantic part of the bible like this is like so quintessential like to himself like instead of him just being an idiot and tripping over like some trash outside the the front of the house Oh my god, ha, thought I, ha, as the flying particles almost choked me. What a fucking nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining watching him too. Like, I'm imagining, like, going outside of a bar to, like, have a smoke, and you see this guy, like, this gangly man, like, wandering the streets with his bag, and he, like, trips over an ashtray and is coughing and just, like, laughing to himself, like, while he smiles and, like, keeps wandering the streets. There, there's just like something really funny about just like like he he has talked about his previous like voyages and like they're so deeply romanticized yeah 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 mm-hmm. like they are this mm-hmm. like um like really beautifully like monolithic thing in his mind but then to like actually go and do the thing he's like nerds like clattering around for coins he's tripping over boxes and then like <laughs> making jokes to himself like uh, more like uh more like the trap that's what right? this place should be called <laughs> uh he's, he's a fucking a mess yeah. i love him he's oh, such yeah. a mess cool. i love it and that's that's what makes the writing so strong for me is like he has this ability to romanticize it while still also telling what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things that I would think in like more modern like TV shows or movies, there would be some way to kind of show that like irony between what what, what the viewer sees of like a big mm-hmm. old nerd and mm-hmm. then what the, the person thinks of themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see it presented this way in the writing yeah yeah i love it too because he knows it like i love like absolutely for me what makes it um 
one of the, but like all of my favorite books do this thing where they sort of like touch this like very glowing, messy heart of just being a human being and love it, even though it's a mess. It's like mm-hmm. holding the tangle in your hand and being like, this thing's fucking great. Like, look at this, look at these shitty people. Like we are so messy and all over the place and aren't we beautiful for it? And like, that's just like the energy with which he talks about himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> There, there is like this like really heavy undercurrent in this book of just like like a love and appreciation for the the chaos of life. Yeah, I guess yeah, totally. Uh, of just like look at all these things. It's so wonderful. You can look at this like thing and and like connected to all of this like beautiful history of literature and and think about it in all these ways. And I I, I don't know that that's like um I think particularly like the the like Ishmael sections like are that tendency to like follow the divergence and to like run off on a path or run off on a tangent is like the thing at the heart of that is like i love this shit uh this is so cool have you seen this uh and there's just like really really intense curiosity um and and love behind all of that that that's makes it such a joy to read for me yeah yeah totally i want to know this is where the footnote is about the the p stuff P-T, oh, what was it called? P-Coffee. P-Coffee. P-P, like a legume. Okay, yeah, P-E-A. And what my footnote says next to this um, is made from chickpeas. Wait, what? Oh, 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 oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you toast so chickpeas what, and then... Yeah, that's what mine says. It is um, really? cheap crust chickpea beverage, the quote-unquote huh. best of which is a poor substitute for real coffee. Um, which okay. I think is very funny that my footnotes also have that same kind of energy of like, well, even the best of this is poor coffee. Right. Um, <laughs> it's well, mine is way different. It says yeah. coffee made from the brown seeds of the Kentucky coffee tree. What? Yeah. Really? I don't know what the fuck a Kentucky coffee tree is. Is that just like, is that chickpea? No. Well, I'd be surprised. No. Chickpea tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh it okay it's it's some kind of non-coffee so coffee coffee fuck it so coffee is a cherry and the the pit of the cherry is what we know is the coffee bean which is right it's a pit of a cherry um you take that you wash it you do stuff to it you roast it grind it up you pour water over it you get a coffee you can do that same process to other like hard plant things it usually doesn't taste Mm. good um but it it sounds like you would do a similar process with to chickpeas. a chickpea. There's yeah. something. There's uh-huh. a. I'm I'm seeing there's a pea berry here. Although that yes. might actually just be coffee. I think um, so. And then it looks like uh, the Kentucky coffee tree is a specific tree, but yeah. it's in the legume family. Hmm. Um, so it is just bean coffee, also. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. different beans. Uh-huh. Well, that's something I learned. Um, Weird in this yeah. chapter this time around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But he comes through. He he comes through to the spouter in. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, does he? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's also a tangent about him talking about Lazarus and the rich man and all of that, uh, which is I guess like, so about Lazarus and dives. Oh yeah, the, whole, like, That's, the, the Bible yes. thing, oh, right? Yeah. Where the, yeah, he's you know Lazarus sits out the guy's house and then goes to heaven. I think. Yes. And so like this doesn't. whole this whole wow. end section like. The- <laughs> But wait, actually, what's up with Lazarus? Because I thought I knew, and now I'm like, do I know what's up with Lazarus? Well, I don't. I don't. That's I don't know let... Bible lore as we've established. Well, so Lazarus was he? He was a beggar who I think he had he had, he had some kind of disease, 
And then was he the one that died? Well, so he didn't he die. Isn't so he immortal? Isn't that part of the myth? Oh, is it? I I thought he died and came back. L- yeah, there's an immortality. Oh, yeah. All I know yeah, is the immortality he... thing. So I think they yeah. both died. So the so dives or whatever both didn't give give him any money or food and blah blah blah. And then mm-hmm. yeah, I think they both die. And then Lazarus, Lazarus comes like, back. Is, comes back or something. Right. Yeah, that sounds right. Because I remember, because Jesus was the one that like brought him back from the tomb, um, and kind of the the whole thing was that you know the the meek and the poor shall come back, and the rich that didn't help them shall be punished. I so see. I mean, it, what, what's interesting about that is that like it's clearly you know whereas chapter one for the most part is just about his like curiosity about the sea. Here we're kind of getting this kind of thing where he's like, there is a part of it that he is just poor. And he's just going out to sea to get some money to make a living. So I think I think that's an interesting contest too. Although I don't I don't know where that goes. I mean, isn't he just I think, out at sea always? Well, it's 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 like a, it's a beautiful night, right. right? And he's just like he's like looking at the stars, yeah. and he's like, "Wow, this is beautiful." But I can't warm. I can't. I can't warm myself uh off of these lazarus can't warm his blue hands by holding them up to the grand northern light yeah Yeah, and then he talks about Um, how the the cold and the stars are like him i just like i love how quickly he pivots it back and forth like the part (laughs) that i highlighted here um were like true enough thought i that this passage occurred to my mind uh black letter that reasoned well then the part i highlight is Yes, these eyes are windows, and this body of mine is the house. What a pity mm-hmm. that they didn't stop up the chinks in the crannies, though, and thrust in a little lint here and there, <laughs> which is so nice. <laughs> He's just like walking around being like, yeah, I'm kind of like a leaky house that gets cold in the winter, uh-huh. yeah. just vibing off of it, and then starts yeah. going off from that into like how he's also like Lazarus for, for similar reasons. We're going to talk more about the spouter in, in the next chapter, but... Peter, wait, hold on. Peter, Peter's the gate dude, right? Uh-huh. That's St. Peter? Wait, gate? Yeah. Pearly gates of heaven, yeah. St. Peter. Yeah, that's St. Yeah. Peter. Okay. Is there, oh. I feel like there's something going on there. It's, so, his name is Peter Coffin. <laughs> yes. Uh, Great and name. also, like, he is, like, this is both the, like, gate to Nantucket. This is the, yes. Um, there is the big whalebone. Uh, yes that is like an arch um that 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 is weird yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally i think that like there's there's a lot the end of, sorry oh i just God. noticed a note that i had for the end mm-hmm. of this chapter chapter two where he's literally standing outside of this bar talking about how he's like the stars and lazarus and he's like a leaky house for two pages and i just wrote in the margins like go inside bro like <laughs> yeah uh-huh. go the fuck inside which i love because i um, wrote that and then two paragraphs later he yes. himself says but no more of this blubbering now we are going a whaling and there is plenty of that <laughs> to come yet that's it's the so funniest mean. fucking joke it's not fair yeah it's so good oh my god he just knows it he knows it yeah. himself um mm-hmm. and then yeah and then he goes into this inn yeah which yeah. um yeah yeah I, I just three. I hide of this because I think it's a beautiful connection of words. Uh, he's talking about dives and he talks about living like a sar in an ice palace made of frozen sighs. Damn, mm-hmm. damn, bro! Um, Holy oh, shit! Oh, oh my just... god! Mm-hmm. It's uh-huh. oh uh the the fucking god the quote where he's like, 
he's talking about i don't know what he's talking about the the how shitty the house looks the inn looks or whatever uh-huh. yes he, it's been yeah. you know the wind has been working on it and then he's like yeah. but it's too late to make any improvements now the universe is finished the coke so it's on <laughs> and the gyps are carted off a million years ago the universe is finished is such a funny line. like i <laughs> the love universe it universe is finished <laughs> uh I, also i just i just looked at I just looked up what a copestone is. I'd highlight that to look it up. It is like the last thing you put on a right. house. Yeah. Or, or a building. It's so good. I just finished. have to like, I have to just say right off the bat here, this, this, this in the bar that he goes into immaculate vibes. This like, this mm-hmm. sounds like the yes. best place in the entire world. Like, okay. So Lat, do you remember when I was telling you about my favorite bar in Tulsa and how yes. the vibes were so good? It's literally this. It's like, okay. So like imagine the vibes in this chapter but in a bar that is like a skinny little tooth of a building. And instead of all this whaling shit, it's vintage bicycle shit. Sounds so good. That's all I want. <laughs> That's my favorite bar. It's yeah. Sound Pony in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it kicks it kicks ass. And I just want to hang out in this bar with Ishmael and all of these motherfuckers on a Saturday night. It's all I want. I, I love the energy of this place. Um, uh-huh. One last thing for me for, for chapter two. He's talking about, he's talking about like um, the, he's like quoting a book mm-hmm. and he says, some old writer says this of whose works I possess the only copy. Oh my ever. God. Uh-huh. Right? Love that. Uh-huh. So that's good. such, so that's him making shit up and attributing it to <laughs> an ancient writer. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is so fucking powerful. <laughs> So but good. but but only a writer that I know. You you, no, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah. It's like they're like really old. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's that's like you know if you're thinking of like Ishmael as like the mouthpiece for Herman Melville to like uh-huh. then nest it another level <laughs> and be like uh yeah this old writer I'm not gonna name them um also I I I'm the only person with copies uh yeah they said this they, they said this smart shit how's that how's that for you. Um, I, that's that's fucking incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I think that you're what you were talking about before, Matthew, about like you know Saint Paul at the pearly gates and the fact that like there literally is a pearly gate in this of like the giant maw of a whale. Oh fuck! I just realized it's a it is literally a pearly gate over over the thing that Peter yeah. works underneath. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. but this this whole chapter has a huge vibe of like through the looking glass. Like he has now stepped into this part of the story, right? Like as soon as he yeah. goes into this bar there's just like we're whaling baby like we're fucking in it yeah. there's harpoons yeah. everywhere there's a whale skull over the over the bar there's characters uh-huh. all sorts of places there's this painting carlos do you want to talk about the painting yeah there's a there is a real painting over here it's a it's like a kind of a sea scene that's i, I don't know if it's like been like super old and unclear as like smoky or whatever it's like all dirty and smoky yeah yeah and he's like going through theories of what it could be and then he's like yeah and then i talked to the neighbors and the the thing that it is actually is a sinking ship with three masts that is being taken down by a whale and that Mm -hmm. is has been like impaled on the masts uh which i'm sure is fine and probably not uh ominous prediction of what's to come yeah which just sets the scene so much like what you were saying yeah exactly he's like finally kind of you know obviously it's a painting but he's like stepping into it in the sense that he kind of starts realizing what he's in for Mm -hmm. that kind of curiosity is starting to maybe a little bit turn into a sense of dread 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I highlighted here um, a boggy, soggy, squitchy picture, truly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Enough yeah. to drive a nervous man distracted. Uh-huh. Which, yeah. what, what is Ishmael if not a, <laughs> a nervous, nervous man? man? Yeah, uh, very true. Uh-huh. But it's great. Oh, oh, this 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 line in particular, I loved. Uh, it's, he says, such unaccountable masses of shades and shadows that at first you almost thought some ambitious young artist in the time of the New England hags. I underlined New England hags and wrote me and the girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, had endeavored to delineate chaos bewitched. Oh, which yeah, what a line. Just like Dark Souls. Chaos bewitched. Yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. So I don't, um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but we have moved on to chapter three. Yeah, oh, yes. it's chapter time for three, chapter three. The spouter in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this this chapter. We do like, uh, yeah, go ahead. What what is this chapter about? Before we get into like quotes and stuff like oh, that. Oh, a lot. I am IMO. Yeah. So okay. okay so well, good. Ishmael. <laughs> all right. So he goes in finally. Then he spends some time looking at the paintings. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which I love, uh-huh. and then uh, then he sees the bar, which is a big whale's mouth, and he then he talks to the landlord Peter Coffin and asks if if he's got a bed for the night that he could stay at. He's like, no, but but you can stay with this harpooner that that isn't here yet. Um, you can stay in his bed, mm-hmm. um, and then he's like, okay, sure, and then spends the entire chapter <laughs> anxious out. about the harpooner <laughs> showing out up. About it. Yeah. What's going to happen? Having... This entire chapter is just like a panic attack that's getting slowly, yeah. slowly worse. It's the best written yeah. anxiety episode. Like uh-huh. it's so uh-huh. realistic. If if this was if this was filmed or or like if this is an episode of TV or something, yeah. this would be the funniest fucking <laughs> thing so, on earth. Oh, he keeps, absolutely. He keeps changing his mind. Like he goes up to me, he's like, wait God. a sec. He's like, where is this guy? Like, can I get a look at this guy? Yeah, like, where yeah. is this guy? Uh-huh. Oh, he's not here. Okay. Uh, well, maybe I don't want the bed. Maybe you could just like put some pine shavings on this bench for me and that'll be fine. Oh, that's too much trouble. No, what if I put like a chair here? You know, okay, maybe I will sleep with the guy. Oh, shit. Uh, like, it's just, oh my God. Oh, my God. And then he, and then he yeah. asks after that whole bench thing, he's like, hey, is he is he all right? And then Leela's like, yeah, he's out selling heads. Just out selling heads. He's yeah. out selling and heads. Then, a head. uh, and, and then at first he's like, you, you're lying. You yeah. can't be selling. Uh-huh. You're, you're you're trying to play a joke on me, and the 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 innkeep is like, no, like he he has shrunken heads that he's selling, and Ishmael's <laughs> like, oh, well, at least you're not joking. Wait, shrunken heads? Wait, wait, <laughs> hold the phone. Wait, wait, hold up. <laughs> it's incredible. Like just the anxiety journey yes. that he goes on. Yeah, and then some of that too. You, you kind of touched on it, Carlos, with the um the bench, but yeah. there's this long thing where. He's like, well, I'll just sleep on the bench. The bench yeah. seems pretty, pretty, pretty like hard though, and like a little, little naughty. And the innkeeper's like, well, I've, I've got a plane back here. We can just plane this bad boy down. Um, and they just start like planing and woodworking he on this bench. Woodworking it right there <laughs> until he like hits something like some knot that's too hard. And he's like, well. I guess I guess that's it. Um, Ishmael has no time to react to. He's like he's like uh, I don't know. The guy's like, well, let me just plane this motherfucker down and like just start sawing at the bench. And then Ishmael, like you can feel the anxiety growing, and he's like, yeah. stop, stop, just stop. So, yeah, okay, just, I, yeah, like, it's fine. Just, uh, uh, I'll and then, sleep with and the then, guy. Well, he he planes it and he lies down on it. He's like, oh, right. well, it's it's too short and it's not wide enough. <laughs> And then there's this other bench, but it's like four inches taller, so I can't use it. Um, 
brings <laughs> brings the bench to a wall. Yeah, tries to sleep that. on the bench with his back to the wall, with a little gap from the like between the bench and the wall. But it's too cold. It's drafty. It's too drafty. Yeah. Just note, like the note. visually seeing this happen, I would. I think I would die. I would lose it. The note that I wrote too is like me at the airport. Like this is like literally uh-huh. been me, like in many different traveling situations, being like, okay, if I like get on this bench this way and then like use my backpack here and then but why is it cold suddenly like what's yeah. happening it's immaculate well, and and on top of that there's this landlord the entire time oh peter just coffin out, we love peter right? coffin oh my god because like at, at an airport or whatever it's just you it's maybe just there's you. some other person walking by but like it's an airport <sighs> it's, yeah. it's it's a weird liminal space yeah um, yeah here You're there's so this guy right. peter who's just like watching like hey <laughs> You good? (laughs) You're very much not good. It's very Uh apparent. Oh my god, it's so good. Uh, Landlord, I I loved this part because then, like, he's trying to like after all this, and he's like trying to settle down and trying to figure out like what he's actually going to do. Um, which we really got to call out some. I'm sure all of us highlighted parts of this because it's just fucking incredible. (laughs) But. <laughs> this one piece of writing where he's trying to like be like, all right, maybe I will sleep with this guy. Like, can you just tell me a little bit more about him? And the landlord is like stopped planing and is now like whittling a toothpick for himself. Like, I guess like with the leftover woodworking equipment. Yeah. Landlord, said I, going up to him as cool as Mount Helka in a snowstorm. Landlord, landlord, stop whittling. <laughs> you must understand. Just like the way he injects into the sentence, like, hey, just stop, stop fucking whittling for a shit. Listen, like, just talk to <laughs> me. Like, hey, Peter. <laughs> In 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 my head, in like the the uh, infinitely long like uh, HBO like TV series of of this book, the the innkeeper is played by like I don't know like Stephen Fry with like some like false teeth or something. It's like he's a very funny character. The innkeeper is yes. extremely fucking funny. This part where <laughs> wall said the landlord mm-hmm. fetching a long breath. So that's more like. Well, well, said the landlord, fetching a long breath. That's a pretty long sermon for a chap that rips a little now and then. That's just a sentence. For a chap that rips a little now and then. God. He's saying you talk a lot for someone who farts sometimes, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> what is What does yeah. rip mean here? I think he there's just like oh, there's so many angles we could we could really uh huh take it apart in a number of ways because there is a farting joke earlier where he talks about how like yeah. you know you get really fresh air on a boat unless you fart. <laughs> Wait, well, no, fart he's book? talking about you get you get fresher air not being a captain because the, the, the way the that like winds <laughs> normally flow, you're normally going from front to back. And so the captains are breathing less fresh air. They're breathing air that has been breathed by other people mm-hmm. and perhaps also farted upon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what he's trying to <laughs> yeah. say here with um, for a chap that rips a little now and then is I think he's legit saying like you talk a lot for a sailor. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's that's how I took it. Where yeah. I see, yeah, he's just talking a lot, like rips a little now and then, yeah. and won't shut up, won't shut the fuck up. In yeah, my, in and he's my saying, bar. this is this is a pretty long sermon for someone who fucking talks a lot. Yes, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I think I think rip here is this is informal North American to scold or criticize harshly. She ripped him for not being more thorough. He's 
he's very uh, critical of a lot of things. Yeah, he's he like, is. Yeah. You, you need to chill the fuck out. You have a lot of sermons for someone who is so critical. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. so good. I also like, I highlighted this part where <laughs> when he's in the middle of his anxiety, where he's just like trying to figure out, um, oh, okay, wait, sorry, real interlude. So he's like, he talks to the, he talks to Peter and Peter's like, yeah, you can sleep with this harpooner. And he's like, okay, I guess. And then he's like starting to, Figure out. I love this part where he says that at any rate, I made up my mind that if it so turned out that we should sleep together, he must undress and get into bed before I do, <laughs> which yeah. uh-huh. is just hilarious taken out of context. But I think is because he wants to make sure he doesn't have a knife on him or something yep. so right. that he doesn't get yeah. stabbed in his bed. Huh, sure. um, right. And I, I love it because it's that kind of internal monologue you have where you're yes. like, well, if they just do this one thing, then it'll be fine. Then like, I'm yeah, safe. we'll just, yeah, it's just this one thing, um, even though it's completely unrelated and probably won't do anything, but you just like hyper fixate on this one thing. It's like, well, yeah, they'll just, they'll just get, get undressed first and it'll be fine. Then, then they won't attack me. I do want to call out one really funny thing. Yeah, there's IMO, a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which is after that rips a little now and then part yeah. um he goes to the landlord and is like depend upon it that harpooner is a dangerous man and then he's like yeah he pays regular um and then he starts talking about the bed and being like oh yeah it's a really big bed uh uh-huh. me and sal we used to like sleep in it and put to- sam and little johnny in the foot of it but then quote <laughs> i got a dreaming and sprawling about one night and somehow sam got pitched on the floor <laughs> came near break hazard did you just fucking kick his son <laughs> out of the bed my child. Yeah. no wait wait before that before so- that he says like that's a good big bed my wife and i fucked in that bed <laughs> it is a wedding bed like that that's, is. A, literally, that's a big thing it's a huge yeah. part of the book that it's a wedding bed i'm so excited to yeah. get there more oh, but like yeah. okay so like he's deciding okay i'm gonna try and like i'm gonna sleep with this guy it's gonna be fine he's not gonna stab me because i'm gonna make him strip before he gets into the bed and then like uh-huh. the whole time that he has quote decided to spend the rest of the evening as a looker on and he starts watching people come into the bar and he has this one turn of phrase here where all these sailors come in and he describes them as they seemed an eruption of bears. And that's just like an eruption yeah. of bears is such <laughs> a good <laughs> couple of words together. Not to mention yeah. other historical like, you know, mm. we bears. Yeah, we know where we're uh-huh. going. And like, yeah. then he proceeds to seriously uh, lust after this one dude in Mm -hmm. their group for like two paragraphs um Mm -hmm. he's like (laughs) it's like is that is that the guy that is gonna be sharing a bed with me like he describes this guy for like three paragraphs like some of the things that i called out Uh here was i have seldom seen such brawn in a man (laughs) Uh um he stood full six (laughs) feet in height with noble shoulders and a chest like a coffer dam his face was deeply brown and burnt making his white teeth dazzling by contrast Mm -hmm. While the deep shadows of his eyes floated some reminiscence that did not give him much joy. Like, he's just staring at this dude for, like, two pages. Mm-hmm. Which I feel, like, good for you. Yeah. Wait, we skipped the dumplings. The dumplings! Oh, the dumplings. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was really happy about the food. You know, he was expecting meat and potatoes. But he got dumplings and said, good heavens, dumplings for supper. <laughs> to which heavens. I think both me and Dibs both said, "Me would I have dumplings for supper?" Yeah, I underlined <laughs> it and wrote "Yes, yes" twice uh-huh. in the side in the side margins here. <laughs> also, just like it's such good flavor on this whole chapter that we learn, I think, in this chapter that he's wearing something called a monkey jacket, and mm-hmm. I thought about that. 
the entire time there's, I was reading it. There was another part too where he was talking about jackets. A lot. Talks about jackets a lot. Yeah, he does. I think when oh when he actually meets the harpooner. Um, yeah, the the harpooner, and then he's like the the harpooner is going through his jackets, and he says, mm-hmm. uh, "Going to his heavy grigo or rapal or dreadnought." Um, and he's <laughs> That's a man with all these different different names for his jacket to to oh. make sure he gets the right name for it. God. Yeah, so, like, anything else to call out um, before we get to him, like, actually deciding, like, fuck it. Like, because yeah. Peter is like, right. it's late. He normally goes to bed early. You should go and get mm-hmm. in that bed my wife and I fucked yeah. in because there's a real good chance he's not even coming back tonight. And he's eventually like, yes. So, like, anything before that that we want to call out? Uh, I have a couple little little things. Mm-hmm. Some of these, I just, like, the the words. Yeah, when the they, words. When they go together. Yeah. Um, they're very good, uh-huh. I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking about the the painting and describes something as floating in a nameless yeast. Yes. Um, which I yep. love that. Had that one. Yep. There is uh, the breaking up of the icebound stream of time. Yes. Holy fuck. Yes. Um, love that. There is the so I'm not sure there is there the landlord and the bartender or are they the same person? I think they're the uh, same. I think it's both Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they also apparently they call the the barkeep who may or may not be the the landlord right. also uh, Jonah uh, because he hangs out under the whale yep. jaw, mm-hmm. um, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, this line yeah. is he dearly sells the sailors deliriums and death. that's i had that underlined too it's so fucking uh, good that's right. someone has that tattooed uh, yeah. on their body oh, yeah. and the fact absolutely. that it's the fact that it's a whale head is the bar right it's like so it's good. the teeth yeah. of yeah. a whale and he says that it's so good it's so fucking um, good and and uh, uh, dims thank you for making the pearly yeah, gate the pearly connection. gates the teeth yeah. um yeah. that's yeah. Yes, this is this is Saint Peter at the Whale Gate. It's so fucking Absolutely. sick. I, like next to this description, <laughs> and he has booze if you want it. Like this description uh-huh. of the bar, and then like yeah, the delir. I just wrote like "sick" in all caps next to it because it is yeah. it is the sickest Absolutely. description of a bar. It's so cool. <laughs> I like when he says, "What sort of bamboozling story is this?" That's very <laughs> funny, little um, little buddy. There is the there is the detail. Uh, this uh, this is just charming to me that there are these like glasses that have like. Uh, that are weirdly cast to like yeah. give like optical like misperceptions, mm. um, and they're marked. And you yes. you say how much what line you want the booze up to. Yes, and that is also the price that you pay. And there's one that's like the the uh, Bedford pour right or something that's like the mm-hmm. full glass. The Cape Horn measure. The Cape Horn measure is like yeah, give you the may full gulp glass down for a shilling. Uh, yeah, I, it's, I, this is this is maybe tangential, but like it's so weird to me that like the thing. I always like cited as like the reason I didn't like Lord of the Rings was because Tolkien always went on these like tangents about like tobacco growing. Yeah. And then in like mm-hmm. Moby Dick, I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go. Shit. Tell me about the glasses that they're like, oh, they're marked. Mm-hmm. Oh, how much is the price of each mark? Uh, Holy shit. That's so cool. It's great. Um, well, I, yeah. I think maybe part I of it, just a different person. I, I think part of it's the tone where Tolkien yes. almost takes a very like Serious. clinical, like almost yeah, it's it's like mm. reading a, a encyclopedia about well, this is how tobacco's grown, and then this is just talking to a guy in a bar who like really likes tobacco, and it's like yeah, so if you go in these fields, right, and then the, out here, this type of tobacco, I'll tell you what, as opposed to by the to, way, did you ever oh, think well, about the thing temperatures. true of field? Like it's yeah, uh... exactly. <laughs> it's so funny we say field, but we don't say habitus very often. Yeah, we don't. Right. What's with it's, that? Oh my what? god. <laughs> 
Uh, I also, um, I also, uh. I underlined the line where he says, "Like my wife and I fucked in that bed. It's a good bed, and it's just better yeah. than I could ever say it." He says, "Sal and me slept in their bed the night we were spliced." Yes, I know. Yeah. Uh. I highlighted that also. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, as I was going to say, we, we talked about it before, but when, like, the first question of, like, well, so this harpooner, how is he? And Laylor's like, well, he, he he pays regularly. I just think it's so good and kind of ties back to what it was in the previous chapter, or maybe chapter one, where it's like, man, it's it's so good to get paid. Um, yeah. And just com- coming back to that, where he's like, yeah, I mean, he pays. That's what, what, what more do you need? <laughs> yeah, pays yeah. up. I also have written in the same paragraph, I called that um the... Peter says, I'll give you a glim and a jiffy, which is the best way to say you're giving someone a candle. Like, I'll give you a glim. Like, he just has so many good terms for it. Give you a glim. Um, turn your flukes up is how he says, like, go mm-hmm. to sleep, which is like a whale turning over and its big arm coming oh. up. The, uh, oh, a glim is an old term for a candle. Yeah, yes. but I just love okay. it. I just mm-hmm. love, yes, I'll give, I'll give you a glim. I want that. Um, mm-hmm. The, what what's his accent? Because I was kind of, Reading it as Irish, I think it's. Didn't they say that it was like Southern? No. Yeah, they. No, he's talking about the 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 um, the person who he meets on later on the Pequod, but is not. Ah, uh, yes, yes, the hot guy he's checking out is Southern. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay, um, okay. Okay. But I think I don't know. I read it as very much like a. Here's the thing. It's like <laughs> I don't know if you all have this experience. I live in Vermont. If I go uh-huh. down to the hardware store, I'm talking to somebody who has this exact voice. Like, yeah, I see. This yeah, is this just sense. like. New England, something about hanging out. Sart- certainly, uh, I, I don't have a ear for accents or an eye for them, but that was the implication to me. Yeah. So um, okay, one last yeah, yeah. thing before we get there. Uh-huh. I think I think it's also like the the kind of comedy of the rest of the chapter is like so fast how he switches up from that yes. like very start with the with the painting obviously, but then also like the the assortment of clubs and spears on the other wall yeah especially when he's we talking about like oh somewhere storied weapons with this one long lance 50 years ago did nathan sway and kill 15 whales between a sunrise and a sunset hell yeah i highlighted that um and and this like one sentence the original iron entered nigh the tail and like a restless needle sojourning in the body of a man traveled full 40 feet and at last was found embedded in the hump. Oh. It's like so, I hate the word visceral, but like- It is though. Very, mm-hmm. very, and also like, I don't know, it's like kind of has a certain like darkness to it. Yeah. Um, that is then completely like gone when he's like, he meets new people, he gets to eat dumplings, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously goes on as the sort of- No, totally. I mean, like this is, so this is, this is one of the quintessential books of- um of dark romanticism right like that's the mm. the genre and it's it's the one that like people cite often as like the dark romanticism and i think that like this chapter and what you just called out there carlos is like such a quintessential example of how something can feel so i'm gonna say fleshy like just like mm-hmm. full of gore and presence and like weight and flesh and yet with this whimsical romantic energy spung around <laughs> it at the same yeah. time and like that's what i think makes the genre so amazing you know it it reminds me of um there's just like it's describing this really like kind of like horrifying yeah Mm -hmm. but it's like so fascinated that like such a thing can happen yeah um it i I don't know it it reminds me of um that uh, our our friend john who is a veterinarian sent us a video a while ago that is a bad video i won't i won't describe but it was just like (laughs) uh like wow 
look at this. It's gross as hell. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Yep. Uh-huh. And it kind of was. It was pretty kind of. also was gross And as it was hell. horrifying. And I think about yeah. it a lot. Yeah, but it was. Uh-huh. It was cool okay. as hell. I mean, like, there's this, there's yeah. this, like, I think that you, you really, the word fascination is so apt. Like, there is this deep fascination, not only with, like, the physicality of existence, but the mm-hmm. philosophy of existence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that fascination is just potent, like, throughout what it means to exist um, physically yeah. and mentally. <laughs> and it's really good. There was... <laughs> did, okay, this is weird uh, aside. Mm-hmm. Someone on an OKCupid okay profile recently had, like, mm-hmm. had this uh-huh. quote to the effect of, you know, if you if you can find the joy of it being, like, snowy outside, you'll have that joy um, and, but like without that joy, you just have, you have the same amount of snow. It's like, there are these things that like, and you know, there's nuance and extremes to this, but like when, when there are these like things in the world, there is like being able to find the joy in them just makes the world better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And more, yeah. um, messy at t- like, I think there's an angle of his fascination that has a, uh, a darker slant to it that comes out mm-hmm. in what's going to happen yeah. with the rest of this chapter. Uh-huh. We're 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 I do want to call out like we're we're cherry picking a lot of stuff. <laughs> like there are some things in this book that's like ah uh, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Um there is but, yeah, yeah, which I think we could totally touch on in this next section cuz I think there's you can't you can't uh, yeah. get away from it. It's important yeah, right. to, it's important Absolutely. to hold it and deal with it. Um yes. But yeah, so he so he goes up to bed, right? He's like, "Okay. Uh landlord says, Guy's not going to be here. I'm going to hope that's true. I'm going to mm-hmm. get into this it's bed. It's past midnight. It's past midnight. This bed is fucking huge. Else. Like, okay, yeah. that's that's a real win. How about this motherfucker goes into this room, starts looking at all of this guy's shit, God. puts yes. on his jacket. He puts on what I what I believe we'll find out in the next chapter is, I believe that's a prayer rug. I think so. He just like yeah. finds his stuff and is like, "Is this a coat? Why don't I try it on?" <laughs> yes, he yeah. wears. He, I believe he wears his prayer rug as a as a poncho. <laughs> God, and he's like, "Oh, this is like those ponchos. I know what those are." <laughs> Who does this? Who does this? Like, yeah, it's this, it's like this... look, yeah, go like yeah. It seems like some some bit from a movie. Where like someone just walks into a room, it's like, oh, look at this stuff. Oh, look at this jacket. Like I can almost see like Kramer doing this in Seinfeld or yes, something. Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, and just just like picking up jacket and just drop like, oh, never mind. I don't, I don't want that. Like I can picture it so clearly in my head. It's just like comedy scene. He's like trying um, to figure out how to get into his chest. He's like, oh, yeah. here's like his pile of shit here. Here's his coat. I'm gonna try it on. What's this chest? Oh, the lock's a little confusing. Let me like try to puzzle it out for a minute. Like. <laughs> Mm. Love to just enter someone's face Ishmael. and rifle through all their yeah. shit. Yeah, it is so rude. Awful. It is so fucking rude. And then yeah, he decides like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed now. He he, uh, there's a, like a much to do about how many, how much clothing he's gonna wear in bed. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do- doesn't he like try on some amount of clothing and then get like too hot or too cold and then yeah. r- takes more off? Yeah. But also he he can't. He like gets into bed and then he can't sleep at all because he's so fucking wound up. He's so wound yeah. up; it's just dripping well, off of him. And, and the way he describes it is: whether that mattress was stuffed with corn cobs or broken crockery, <laughs> there is no telling. <laughs> it's definitely not me. It's definitely <laughs> yeah, not me and my anxiety. It's yeah, literally the yeah. description of like the cartoon where like you know the person standing upright and the anxiety water level is like at your tummy, and then when you lie down mm-hmm. at night, it like levels out through your whole body, <laughs> like filling mm-hmm. a glass, uh, and it's like just that in in written form. Mm. 
but I lay yeah. perfectly still and resolved not to say a word. Like he's just, oh my god. So yeah. well, and, right. oh, this is and when so he that, starts to come through. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This this is when he comes through because so he's gotten in bed and is very uncomfortable. Um, and then then he hears these sounds and the harpooner comes in and then he's like, well, I guess I'll just stay here and not say anything, <laughs> say anything. until someone talks to me. <laughs> Like half naked in this in this bed, um, four be fine. in this bed like a little mouse. And like, yeah, for over, over two pages. Two pages. <laughs> yeah. Just... So like he he comes in and he starts like you you know you just get back to your room. You got some stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he like lights an offering. Yeah, he does, like, a uh, he's doing all this stuff, yeah. and the entire time. <laughs> And this is why I say this would be the funniest fucking thing on earth if it was oh, like absolutely. if it was filmed. He's just like doing all the shit and just like meanwhile like Ishmael like uh, like maybe not physically but like spiritually like eyes bolt open deer in the head like like I can't do anything. The moment he's staring at him and he like can't move. He's like I'm too scared right. to move. I yes, can't the say moment anything. to do anything was exactly when he came in, yep. and that instant has passed. So now I don't know what to do. Yes, <laughs> I'm just going to watch him. And it's like the comedy is heightened for me because like he's describing this like very big guy like this like super fucking jacked yeah. dude he's describing he's himself like tattooed in this... everywhere yeah he's ta he's covered yeah. in tattoos he keeps describing how he's revealing more parts of his body and each part of his body that he reveals has like more tattoos on it and he's just like jacked putting away his shrunken heads in his box like um he has a huge harpoon next to his shit that like he wields easily of course because it's his job and then like giant man <laughs> giant bed like i just i just imagine this bed being 10 times bigger than it probably is because that's like right. what the comedy does in my brain yeah. and ishmael is just this little birthday boy like tiny little like a little mouse little kitten like, in the just corner like, exactly like just curled up under the blankets like racked with anxiety unable to say anything because he is like freaking out for like and this is where i think that um so like we were talking before the romanticism the awe of the world like it gives this beautiful tone it also means that he's making a lot of really intense exotification judgment calls on uh -huh. anybody who comes into his oh, life yeah. he's like mm -hmm. i know all about this guy like this is this is one of those like savage cannibal guys like i've heard so many stories about this he just like starts spitting these romantic yeah. racist notions about this guy instantly mm -hmm. because that's how his brain works and like that is definitely the flip side of the coin of like the awe that he finds in the world and how all of this is through his lens of romanticism it means that you're going to be making some real like that romanticism is through the lens of your colonialism and like just how you exist mm -hmm. in the world in a way that then becomes like yeah judgmental and racist and like that's that's a part of who he is yeah he 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 has a very quick turn like he just, absolutely like, in this does chapter, yeah oh yeah he's like oh, a harpooner like uh and then he's like going through all this stuff and the, we we very quickly get to a, a different place but uh yeah he uh, Ishmael goes on Ishmael goes on a little journey yeah and I do think like um, I appreciate where it's coming from in that like what I think Melville is trying to do to a certain extent in this scene of course is be like he's an idiot for being scared like yeah mm -hmm. he is being racist he is being judgmental this is just another person who is living their life like in their way the exact same way any of us live our lives in our way and so like I think that is definitely the um the message the of course yeah yeah mm -hmm. the intent but it mm -hmm. does come with some messy shit for us oh, reading as so modern messy. readers oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. the is there anything we want to pull out of like the stuff that quick is doing before 
Ishmael, t- 20 minutes into right. Queequeg coming into the room, says, uh, hello? I mean, he does oh, right. His name is Queequeg. Quickly yeah. find out. I, I, I do like that his pipe is, like, also a tomahawk. Yeah. Um, which, uh-huh. yeah. According, uh-huh. according to my notes, that is, like, a very common two-in-one curio at those times. Uh, was like a tomahawk that's incredible. pipe, and then there there is the thing where the same jacket that the Shmiel tried on late uh, earlier. That's the one that he's now going through, and he's like, "Is, is that a Grego or a Rapperall or a Dreadnought?" Just <laughs> back obsessed with his jacket. Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, but he like I he jumps into bed smoking with yes. the tomahawk combo. Well, so right first he does like a kind of a like a religious thing he does like, like a prayer a like a nighttime prayer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He and also, he like burns a bit of a biscuit for a statue he like sets an offering? i think yes. he like he sets some stuff on fire in front of the offering including a bit of biscuit and then like the whole thing is like you have to mm-hmm. pull the flaming biscuit out to like then offer it up so it's like a little bit i don't the way that i read it was mm-hmm. like yeah you're burning some food as like a show of thanks, but you also have to like get through the fire to like pull the food out to be like, I'm giving it to you. And it's like that sort of like combination of like offering a food, but also like a risk and like the fire felt like, you know, it was, it was cool. It like painted a really clear Mm -hmm. little, Mm -hmm. little vibe, you know? Yeah. I was, I was kind of curious what the actual thing, what actual society this came from, because he keeps referring to it as a Congo idol, even though it's said before that he's like a Pacific Islander. So there's a bunch of that stuff. Um, I, I took it to be like kind of cooking the meal to, to give to the, the idol. Yeah. Um, the, the harpooners just kind of, not not bad at it, but you know, like he's trying to do it, and then he like burns his hands. Like, oh shit! Again, going to that kind of trying to personify um, the yeah. character and being like, oh, uh, this is just another person doing stuff, and do, totally. doing kind of bad sometimes, but you know, still doing it. Yeah. So real real quick, Quiqueg is native of a fictional island in the South Pacific Ocean named Roko Voko. Mm. Okay. So oh. he made up he made okay. up a Pacific island and said he is from there. Okay. Mm. And that's okay. a it's a very um It's a real the, George the Lucas approach right there yeah. uh-huh. is what I will yeah. say. <laughs> just <Yeah>. real. <laughs> you you can't say oh. he's being bad about a particular it's place. Just made it's up. Place. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But um so yeah, so he's doing this stuff and then I just like the way that he the way that he realizes Ishmael is in the bed is just so funny where he just like jumps into the bed and Ishmael can't help what is it, what is the way he describes the noise that he makes he like does a little squeak or something um the next moment the light was extinguished and this wild cannibal again rough language with some of this shit mm-hmm. um tomahawk between his teeth sprang into bed with me i sang out i could not help it now and giving a sudden grunt of astonishment he began feeling me <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have this highlighted. He he has concluded his like ritual prayer. He has done all this stuff. He has rearranged his things. Minutes have passed. <laughs> like oh, at a, least a, an excruciatingly yeah. long time to be paralyzed, <laughs> yeah. watching someone do something, not knowing that you're there. Absolutely fucking excruciating. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally. <laughs> I thought it was high time, now or never, before the light was put out, to break the spell in which I had so long been bound. It's like this, like, really delicious moment of like, okay, well, I'm going to do it now. Okay, well, he's doing something else now. Okay, well, I'm going to do it now. Okay, I got to, he's just like working up the courage to just like move a muscle 
Yeah. It's good. so good. Just say anything. Just say anything, bud. Like, just do it. Just try. You're like the the hole is being dug so deep, uh-huh. and it it gets dug deeper every moment. <laughs> you don't do anything. If this if, if, if we saw this happening, uh, so funny. we would be screaming. So we would be losing our fucking yeah. minds. It's so funny. And he doesn't. He doesn't say shit. Yeah. T- uh-huh. <laughs> so like, imagine being Quake Quake, right? Like, who, by the way, like. Is uh, is like a character in this book, right? One of the more famous characters of this of this story, and like, but even in this first chapter, the immaculate chill energy that comes off of yeah, Quag is like yes. uh-huh. so amazing and like such an yes. incredible counter. And so, like, just imagining it from his perspective as like you're just a chill dude, like you're just like doing your nighttime shit in your hotel room, and then you like yeah. get into your bed, and this little like. There's like a little man squeal under your covers. Yes. <laughs> He's, he says, I sang out, which I can only interpret as out. just like a, a horrible yelp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's like when you step on a mouse. Like, right. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, you're going to be like, what's this? What's this in the bed? And just like <laughs> start like feeling around uh, for oh, this yeah. little squirmy guy in the bed. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing! It's amazing. <laughs> and it's then, so and then immediately, Ishmael yeah. starts calling out for the, for the landlord, and he's Such like, "Hey, bullshit. hey, hey, teacher, teacher, hey, help! <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Please tell tell him I'm cool. It's fine." Oh my god, uh. he's he's like so freaked out. Which then and it's like the landlord comes in right, mm-hmm. um, and is like, "Chill the fuck out. Uh-huh. He's fine." And uh, and immediately, Quake Quake is just like, "Oh, I see." He's like still smoking yeah. this whole time. He's right. like so chill, just like smoking his pipe. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're chill. Yeah, you get, yeah, get right, back sure. in this. Kid. He like it's like, oh, like the vibe yeah. is like tapping yeah. the bed. Like, come on, like hop back in here. Like you're fine. We're good. Yeah. No problem. He's sleeping in you. He's sleeping in your bed. You good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All and Quake's right, sure. just like, yeah. yeah, you get in. Like you get in. Yeah. Come on. He added, motioning to me with his tomahawk and throwing the clothes to one side. So like you know, throwing the bed clothes the off bed. you, tapping on the bed. Get on in here. He really did this in not only a civil, but a really kind and charitable way. Uh-huh. And this uh-huh. is when he says that he's like, yeah, I stood looking at him for a moment. For all his tattooings, he was on the whole clean and comely looking. He just starts talking Good. about like, oh, he's actually uh-huh. kind of hot, actually. Yeah, <laughs> this this whole yeah. paragraph is just like the, the oh, wait moment. Um, that's very It good. happened so rapidly. Yeah. What was all this fuss yeah. up and doing? Like, he's instantly like... Yeah. Oh, he's really, his voice is nice. He's actually like got this really soft, nice, kind energy and voice. Uh-huh. And he's actually kind of yeah. hot. And what the, what the fuck was I on? I was. Better. Yeah. Better sleep with a sober cannibal than a drunken Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, this, this also like this whole paragraph. Also, this is the best meat cute. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. This is absolutely a meat cute. And it's the best. It's one. the best one. Yeah. It's incredible. You're right. Yeah. Oh uh, God, God! I stood, I stood looking at him for a moment. <laughs> and that's when I knew, <laughs> and that's when I knew that he would be the man I would marry. He would be the man I would marry. I love. I also love what Peter Coffin says. Um. Oh no, no, no! It's it's Ishmael. It's such a good line. He says like, "Okay, landlord, tell him to stash the tomahawk and pipe. I don't want him to smoke in bed with me." Um. He says, "But I don't fancy having a man smoking in bed with me. It's dangerous. Besides, I ain't insured." <laughs> yeah. I ain't sure. Well, and I think it's funny too that he's using the landlord as like an, an intermediary when when yes. Weequag's like right there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Very funny. Uh, I, I, as if the landlord 
speaks another language, but they're just speaking. It's just talking a to him. Very di- dialect in English. It's, yeah. it's so great. It's so great. And like the final line here of the, the chapter. The final two lines. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah. Uh-huh. Who wants to like you want to read them out? Sure. Uh, Good night, landlord, said I. You may go. I turned in and never slept better in my life. Uh-huh. Well, okay. <laughs> what happened to those corn cobs and crockery, uh, huh, buddy? Yeah. Not yeah. such a problem now. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like how um, we just dismiss the landlord, like, all right, we're good. Get, you may get, go. What are you, what, what are you doing here? Get out. It's bedtime. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Dibs, you said we would read the I first I want Carlos to read the first of... sentence out loud of yes. the next chapter. Oh. Be- okay. before, before we do that, mm-hmm. I want to highlight this thing at, at the end of chapter three. Yes. Um, he's, he's implying, he rolled over to one side as much as to say, I won't touch a leg of you. Yeah. Giving him plenty of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really polite. Yeah. And then, yeah. Carlos, could, could you, could you read the first sentence of chapter four, which we'll talk about in full next chapter time? Chapter four, mm-hmm. the counterpane. Upon waking next morning about daylight, I found Queequeg's arm thrown over me in the most loving and affectionate manner. Oh. Wait, sentence two, two, please, actually. <laughs> you had almost thought I'd been his <laughs> wife? Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome. I'm so Welcome. happy that yeah. we're here. Oh. Yeah. Aw, that's so nice. How cute that's is so that? Sweet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, wow. I just I love the I won't touch a leg of you. Yeah. And then I, will I woke spoon up with his you. arm thrown over me. <laughs> The heart you can see the hard cut in the HBO series. Like Yes. Like they're they're Uh, distant in the bed and like it's the overhead shot of the bed, right? And like Quay Quag is like on one side, instantly passed out, like so so happy to pass out. And you can see Ishmael like sort of snuggle into his own space and be like, ah, close his eyes. And then the hard cut to the same shot over the bed with the light coming (laughs) Uh in the room, and they're just like complete cuddle pile, like just wrapped around each other. It's so good. I love them. Wow. I'm so excited to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. So like before we get into um some of our some of our end of the week questions, I do want, I think it's a good thing to check in at the end. Like, how did everyone Mm -hmm. feel about these three chapters? Just like generally. Like, Carlos, do you want to go first since this is the first time you read them? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I ch- chapter one, just like I'm like extremely loved. I don't know. It was just super powerful. I mean, we've been talking about it a lot, but yeah, it's super powerful out opening. And then these three, I was kind of expecting it to start already doing that like shifting thing. I wasn't actually expecting it to all be Ishmael's perspective, mm-hmm. which for some reason I had this kind of notion that like it would just be him going straight into whale facts in chapter two. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm getting a real sense of like a lot of things getting established, and I'm excited about most of them. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm, I'm very iffy on the sort of racism mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's kind of going through it. But but yeah, I, I do see what you're saying, Dibs. That it's kind of I'm, I'm, I hope what he's doing is like oh you know Ishmael's fighting his prejudices by meeting people out on out at sea. I hope that's what's happening. I don't know if it is. Did you like the chapters? Yeah, yeah. I I think chapter three I, I really liked for the like comic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Chapter one I loved for the the, the the kind of opposite, the sort of mystery that it set up. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say much because I have no idea if the things that I'm interpreting about the book are, are even gonna be real. We'll see. Apart from like some very big picture things. Mm-hmm. But so far I'm feeling pretty good. Uh huh. How, how how are you feeling, Latin Matthew? Like revisiting like first three chapters. How's it, how's uh, it striking? These, these are awesome. Um, yeah. I think it's the same kind of thing I got when I first reread the book. Um, and I got like a couple paragraphs in. And I was like, oh, wow, shit, this is good. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I like get it. 
um, yep. where it just kind of clicks in that first episode where it's like, okay, this is why people mm-hmm. talk about it. And that's just kind of reinforced in the next couple of chapters. Um, yeah. I think it's that episode's one point meant chapters. Um, I am kind of surprised at the length of chapter three compared to chapter two. It does seem like that's something that could have been split up into like one chapter talking about the bar and then another chapter talking uh-huh. about the search for a bed and then another one, you know, about the the time in the room. Um, yep. And I wonder like what the intention behind that was uh, splitting off the finding of the in chapter from the being in the in chapter, but it works really well. Just, you can see that ramping of tension and anxiety throughout the course of the chapter um, mm-hmm. where he kind of walks in and he's like, oh, this, this bar seems more, more, more my speed, so a little uncomfortable. And it just gets more and more uncomfortable <laughs> until the very end where he uh, sleeps and what was it? Uh, never slept better in his life. Oh, that's great. Yeah. How you feeling, Matthew? What's like your general vibe check on these? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like it, it, it was also, it was really nice, like going into this, in in text um like i really i really yeah. loved the the audiobook um version that that i read just because like um I, I mean it was convenient to me where i where i was listening to at the time but also just like um there's some really good like uh recitations of it um that i have like really good like uh like performers and stuff like that um but the it, it, like feeling it in text was actually really mm-hmm. nice uh just like i don't know being able to appreciate like the there's all these like it's a, it's a very like dense style of writing yeah in, in a way that like i i i'm really liking in fact i i this is like the perfect amount for me because mm-hmm. like more than that would have been like i don't know like there's like all these like like what well, what is the your your cloydon wind that he's talking about mm-hmm. what's up with lazarus what's a grapnel mm-hmm. um and, and but that's like uh for me that's been like a very satisfying like i don't know like p- puzzle to like sit sift through and decode and like even just like hear like talking talking about it with y'all so yeah, yeah. um love it yeah what about you dibs um for <laughs> i mean i was i was frankly kind of knocked on my ass by how much i loved this when I started reading it last night, and I think part of it is like, I was, I've been writing a lot more than I have for the past couple of years in the past year or so. Um, and reading this as a writer, I, I, that was like a lens that I saw it through on this first three chapters during this read that was incredibly, I can't believe how much of a little bold motherfucker this asshole is. Like the, <laughs> the guts with which this fucker writes this book is like, so inspiring he's just talking about the nonsense that's happening he's just got head spaghetti and he's just throwing it on a wall like and he doesn't care like there is such a bravery in the way this is written that i think it does yeah. have elements that are um you know not that like speak to that are he's honest in his sincerity and just like honesty of what's going on in his brain to a fault like i think to your point carlos like yeah like when i looked at this again i was like oh this is more racist than i remember and i think that like Mm -hmm. he is genuinely trying to tell something about like hey we're all just people and we're just people Mm -hmm. having experiences but i think that he is romanticizing and stereotyping people even when he thinks he's doing it in a jolly way like despite himself just because he's a romantic person and he's being completely fucking honest about like what is happening in his head and like at the end of the day i'm yeah i'm i'm head over heels in love with it because of how 
honest he is being as a writer and how much he doesn't care about like mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. it right or doing it smart or doing it pretty. He's just like throwing spaghetti and it's um, I'm here for it. I'm really excited to eat up that spaghetti. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about like when he's looking for an inn, he at some point he like walks into a black church. Yes. Um, right. There's yeah. like it's really just like a paragraph there. Uh, the the like the treatment of Quiquig feels like he comes around very quickly, um, but there is always this well, kind of like undercurrent of like referring to people as like savages and cannibals. Yeah, and, and like part of that is I just like I don't remember that going away. Really, no, no. I mean, part of that's just like those are the words that yeah. people were using, and they suck for like a lot of obvious reasons. Um, I think that like, and the thing the thing with the black church is like he actually is like connecting it to. That's an interesting, messier one because he's, that's the big paradise mm-hmm. lost illusion in the books. Like he's comparing it to Lucifer's parliament um, in Paradise Lost, yeah. which is, ah. which, but that's yeah. actually not as bad as it sounds and it's messy and weird because like when you say like, <laughs> okay, he's comparing this black church gathering to a bunch of demons hanging out, <laughs> that sounds super, super shitty. And I yeah. think there is an element of that, which is yeah. shitty, but the way that Paradise Lost is written Lucifer invents uh-huh. democracy in hell and it's actually written as like something incredibly brave and beautiful that he when he is punished by a monarch decides that he will give all his people representation in a parliamentary structure and the mm. scene of the first parliament being held in hell amongst the demons is actually like incredibly baller and like mm-hmm. super cool that it's just like this discourse of equals even though they are coming from a really severe monarchist system so like it's messy mm-hmm. and <laughs> uh it's just a little just a little brain snapshot and i'm here for it i like it yeah there's um i i have not like engaged heavily with like the metaphors and like readings of uh, my my introduction talked a little bit about this about like whiteness like not like whiteness as as like a race thing although perhaps partially of that um but just like you know like the white whale the white of like the sea foam yeah uh all all these things Mm -hmm. Uh, and there is like that that scene in the trying to find it um there's that scene in the church that like is talking instead about blackness, not mm-hmm. just about yeah. people, but about like well, yeah, because I in I other think uh, like um, when he walks in, there's a hundred black faces turned around in their yes. rows to peer, and beyond a black angel of doom was beating a book in a pulpit, yeah. which is like yeah, a uh, uh, lot of imagery there. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 And it's 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 interesting because like I don't know the way it strikes me is like mm-hmm. <laughs> of course on the first level like chill the fuck out Belleville shut the fuck up like (laughs) you're being a complete asshole like let them have their fucking church (laughs) like what are you Mm -hmm. doing like get out of here you asshole Uh, but on the other level it's like I don't know I'm already getting these flavors and I'm curious if this continues of um God being a bit of a villain in the same way that God is kind Mm -hmm. of a villain in Paradise Lost um Mm -hmm. because he has this sense of like this sense of whiteness this sense of brightness this sense of entering the pearly gates actually being something that has a brutally cruel dramatic irony to it that I right. feel his spite growing towards even in these early chapters where there is this sort of like promise and humanity and coziness to like these dingy darkened streets that he seeks out versus like the shining like lightness of like the more um, gilded 
ins. Mm -hmm. And I do sense this sort of like, it's not strong enough to be spite, but this sort of like dark comedy angle of like God actually being a villain in this story because of the way fate Mm -hmm. spins people's lives. Um, Right. It's an initial take that I'm feeling. And I'm curious to see if that's something that persists. And I could see that because it's very much not a biblical representation of God. Um, There is. Yeah. There's some theory that I can't remember the name of it. I'm probably going to butcher, but about how so much of like modern ideas, especially of like hell, all come from like the inferno and not not religious texts. Like the whole thing where they talked about in the church about the the yep. uh, thing of doom, the angel of doom. Like doom's not a like a character in the Bible. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's never referred to in the Bible. Um, so it is this idea of um like a right and a wrong a god and a devil that isn't strictly biblical but it kind of feeds into that whole sense of of doom that there is some predestination to everything that's happening right totally there's uh well i i remember there being more church stuff later yes before for we sure get we'll probably get there uh-huh next yeah episode or two yeah it's going to be fun. I'm excited. All right. Well, those are those first yeah. two chapters. We do have a couple of wrap-up questions we're going to do each week. So let's see. So first off, <laughs> these, this book goes a lot of places. We're going to think about, like, what sort of genre space are we playing in each week? So for these three chapters, what genre does everybody think? What would you call this as, <laughs> as a genre? <laughs> I, this is This is comedy. It's yeah. so comedy. Yeah. Comedy uh-huh. or what was... Did you use... Dark romanticism, Dibs. So dark romanticism is the techno is actually the genre this book is labeled under. Like if if oh, you were going really? to the part in the bookstore or the Wikipedia, yeah. this is this is like a textbook example of the dark romanticism period. Yeah. Okay. Cause I I feel a lot of that. Um like comedy definitely towards the mm-hmm. uh, through a lot of it really. Um, but just those kind of like overblown overwrought descriptions of everything that's mm-hmm. just so so emotional but also like so creepy but then just like relishing in it like oh yeah i, yeah. I, I want to stay in the dark that that place is too jolly i want to <laughs> like hang out in the ice and the weirdness and the the weird painting on the wall and that that, that kind right, of stuff like hits for me a lot the, the the undercurrent is still very much like very dramatic very like illustrative and like i don't know there's kind of an a looming uh, would you say yeah. uh, I don't know like I, I don't know like this kind of mystery but this kind of dark feeling to it um, yeah. that like the comedy of it almost feels like like a sense of sort of misdirection right that it's like you know what it's kind of what Ishmael is going through right like he's not really you know he's not really sure of what he's going into yeah mm-hmm. and neither are we yeah for me I think that's why I would like land it squarely in comedy is because I think we're set up with this very romantic framing and energy and comedy is the subjecting the um subverting of expectations <laughs> and so mm. I think that like the fact that we were sure. so deep in this like oh yeah like let's get vibey with it like oh we're in it and then he just like spills all of that out into this anxious mess of a man having just the funniest scenes like I've ever like it's that pivot yeah. that gives it the punch you know what I mean and yeah. since the punchline is the absurdity of the situation and like them ending up here like that's just that's just good dark comedy writing to me baby yeah. that's succession shit right there that's what I'm talking about oh, I was just thinking oh. of succession <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah yeah 
All right, so let's see. So if those are the genres, um, who was this week's MVP? Who's everybody's like favorite? Who's your favorite character this week? Who's like um, the one who's really standing out to you? It's like got to be Peter, right? Peter Coffin yeah, is yeah, really Peter. good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is just dealing with this dude's shit, and it's like, if I'm sleeping a bench, all right. Let me let me go get my yeah. tools. Zero back. We'll start <laughs> planing it. Well, there there's something about the planing scene where it was like he, oh. he he planed all those shavings and then like gleefully threw them into the fire yeah and i was like wait was this just an excuse for you to get some shavings to throw into the fire <laughs> yeah. in the name of customer service could be. like oh <laughs> uh, could be could, it's like i like i almost read it as like he just got a new plane and he's like check out this like check this look shit out, out. That cuts. <laughs> cool see it's smooth uh-huh <laughs> Love it. Yeah, because he's like his central role is to like provide a sense of levity for everything that that uh, Ishmael is going through. Right, him being yeah. either overly dramatic or overly anxious, he's like always there to for us as the as the like readers to be like just stop for a sec, just stop. Yeah, he's like our surrogate. It's it's like yes. I mean our surrogate is a little bit Ishmael, yeah. but it's much more well, yeah. like. It's much more Peter, though, realistically, because Ishmael's mm. like such a fucking bouncy ball of, you yeah. know, just like anxiety and excitement and everything. And then Peter's just like, fucking sit down Jesus and have Christ. a beer. Like, shut yeah. the fuck out. Can you can yeah. you please go to bed already? Like, yeah, Jesus. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Because I was definitely getting bought into what Ishmael was doing. And so Peter being there, like, also brought me out. And it was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, well, and then I think what what seals it for me is at the end him having to deal with all the shit. Um, yes. Of, like after <laughs> yeah. the 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 scene in the bed happens, um, that that's that's the icing on the cake. Where it's like, yeah, he had to wake up and just deal with this weird little man <laughs> yelling. <laughs> uh, there's uh, something that's also very good. Is just like we have this huge, like, uh, just like monumental task that and like preparation that Ishmael is going through to like sleep in this bed with, with Queequeg and is going through all these different plans and that like fail and then attaching different ones. And then like the, the three hours of him just like staring at Queequeg while he like picks his nose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then he like, he, he yells out and calls to the landlord and landlord's like, Hey, he's sleeping with you. Is that okay? And if Queequeg's like, yeah, okay. it's like it's it's like roughly in the same neighborhood as like the the indiana jones fight where the person's like swinging the sword around and then he just shoots them it's like oh yeah i guess you could just do that (laughs) huh yeah huh okay (laughs) well hmm. it's great so peter coffin for episode one mvp chapters one through three unanimous on this i think think so. so I think so. Okay, yeah. That's feeling good to me. Um, something else we want to do each each episode is count the times that Herman Melville has lied to us in in these books, which will be a growing list, I'm sure. I called out two, I think, in this one. Did anyone else have any? Uh, I think that the big one for me was the, the book that he has the only copy of. <laughs> oh, I didn't even have that one. Oh, that's very a good one. one. <laughs> yeah. That's good, yeah. <laughs> yep, so that's a good one. That's yeah. I have the only <laughs> copy of book where this dude said this really smart <laughs> shit it's actual real book yeah uh-huh. uh-huh i i wrote down the lie of if you let a human being loose in the wilderness they will inevitably lead you to water mm-hmm. don't think that's sure. true no probably not and that also well, yeah go ahead the inevitably is doing a lot of work there it yeah. really is as, as yeah. lad did say god 
It's wild though. Yeah. He like yeah, he, he so. even brings up the desert afterwards. Like, yeah, this will work in the desert. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. If you have a professor of metaphysics, yep, yeah, you're we'll fine. Try, try this trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, what he says, which is wild. The other one that I called out is that he says like. Nantucket is where the first dead whale washed up in America. <laughs> what are you talking but about? Also, that's just whales. Just are, they just do that? Are. Yeah, they just, they just do that. They just do that. But I love that. Like, I believe this is sincerely like an American road trip tourist stop thing that he would believe that like someone mm. could have put a sign on a beach on Nantucket, oh, Nantucket that says like, "This is where the first whale washed ashore." Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of it all, and he would like you know, hard swerve his Prius over to that tourist trap and be like, oh my um, God, this is where the first whale hit the that's shore. So, that's so beautiful. I feel so connected right now. <laughs> of course um, it's not true. Mm-hmm. It's just it's been happening forever. Lie, I mean, like the whole book happens because of that lie, right? Uh, it's the only reason he's going to Nantucket. I mean, there's because there's a lot of whaling in Nantucket, mm-hmm. like in general. Um, right, but 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 the uh, the city that he's in now, New something. New Bedford, yeah. Yeah, is like the is now bigger with that. So he, yes. he could have just stayed there. He needs yeah. that it's good bigger, old school but with less shit. Yeah, he needs that yeah. like yeah. it's it's a bougie. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's his bougie. Like you know what's the what's it's not bougie because that would be the new Bedford yeah. thing. It's his like I'm doing this the cool kid way. I'm the, going. He's to like, the, I, the, like I, I gotta real, have an authentic whaling yes. experience. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah, God love mm-hmm. him. Yeah, sure. So I think that's it, right? Any other lies? That Herman's told us. This is a- I don't know. I probably believed them. Yeah. There were yeah, well, entirely good. possible. Gotcha. All right, sweet. So then we are going to try and pick our favorite quote. Does anyone mm-hmm. have any immediate runners up that you want to put on the table? I-, I don't know if it counts as a quote, but I love mm-hmm. the phrase two orchard thieves. We talked about that. Honestly, before, it's but, like, really strong. So, yeah. so like strong and so evocative and but also so the the, the it's, opposite. It's of very that. like very, very casual too. It's very casually true and blasphemous mm-hmm. in that yes. certain sense. Yep. It's, oh, God, it's, it's so like many. very dismissive of humanity yeah. in a really wonderful way. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Another one. There's like a couple turns of phrase like that that I just loved. Like I loved yeah. blocks of blackness, not houses. And um, mm-hmm. dearly sells the sailors deliriums and death. Yeah, yeah, incredible. I also liked the part where he talks about going outside on a cold night and looking at Orion because that's literally what I do every single night at my house. And I love it. <laughs> I, I was going to say like, oh, all the all the chapters have really good lines to end all of their paragraphs. Then I realized, like, no, that's just kind of most paragraphs. Really? It's all of them. <laughs> yeah. That's the the thing about it is, like, I, I put on our movie list The Lion in Winter, which is my favorite movie. And Matthew watched it with me. And um, when I watch it every single year at Christmas, because it is a Christmas movie, I am shook by how every single fucking line <laughs> is nothing but bangers. Like, every yeah. single line knocks you on your ass. And that's what it's like reading this book. It It, it was like a thing of just, like, Someone would say something like incredible and I would like be reacting to it. And in that span, I had like missed something else. Um, it, mm-hmm. Just very, very like dense um, with like a goodness. Yeah. So the line that I want to call out um, to put in the mix here is why is almost every robust, healthy boy with a robust, healthy soul in him at some time or other crazy to go to sea? <laughs> I love that. Well, I, don't I know. love Why? that. Healthy boy. <laughs> Take it to the other side. Uh, um, uh, mine, mine are like we already called these all out, but the one with the, that just that's just the universe is finished, and the one that 
about chaos bewitched and then the last one about it's the breaking up of the icebound stream of time Mm -hmm. all of the like time stuff and all the destiny predestination fate stuff uh really love and there's so much of it Mm -hmm. yeah see when we say it all like that i feel like we should just each get to call out a favorite line instead of having to pick a favorite yeah you're probably right i do accept i I thought we're feeling scared because two orchard thieves would win Two Orchard Thieves yeah, is really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it will win. Yeah, we can. So we can say it won. <laughs> we can we go can ahead say and say Two Orchard Thieves <laughs> is the call out love line because it's incredible. Really love that. Although shout shout outs to robust, healthy boys with robust, yeah. healthy souls. Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. Oh, and also the, the, the line about the foul too, that you get an honorable mention. Yes, um, the giant paragraph water. about yes. how it's weird to cook birds, and but they did it in Egypt, so I guess that's fine. And Whoa. here's all my feelings about how I like to eat chicken. Not not even that. The part that like once broiled, judiciously buttered, and judgmatically salted and peppered. Judgmatically. Yeah, judgmatically. Oh, That's such a good maybe real word. Maybe real. Yeah. Maybe real. Uh it's incredible. Yeah, that's great. Wow. So yeah, so those are those are some quotes. Um so in the future. We would love to answer some listener mail questions. So if you're listening and you have questions, you can go ahead and send them through to our question bunket. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our bunket. bunket. We keep our bunket, bunket huh? next to our bucket <laughs> just in case we need it as an extra yeah. one. But yes, you can find the question bucket uh, in the show notes. There'll be a link there. Or you can also visit our Twitter account, which is going to be at Towards the, and you'll find a link that you can send us some questions. But I actually do have a question that came to me while we oh. were talking a quick quick point of order mm-hmm. it is towards the like towards you not towards the something good call mm-hmm. like towards the whale it's towards the towards the with two e's two e's, yeah. yep. two e's. Mm-hmm. towards the so yep at towards the send us some questions i have a question that i want to ask everybody mm-hmm. uh for this week if you are ishmael and this is you and you've had a long trip and you go into this inn and peter is like yeah you can just share a bed with a harpooner what do you say like do you do it like how do you react in this situation <laughs> like how does your reaction compare to ishmael's me personally yes you personally I am, yes i am a different kind of anxious mess i would sleep on the bench yes you that, would? that is exactly yeah uh, I, I would i've i've done this yeah i <laughs> not not this exact scenario but I, I slept under a freeway once on a piece of plywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Was the other option uh-huh. to share with a harpooner, or was it a different? No, <laughs> it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just suffer the 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 you just bear the sufferance. Sometimes you bear your sufferance. Yeah, I feel like I, w- um, I would go out of my way to be the least amount of effort to anyone involved. Um, so <laughs> oh, I, I see. there's there's like a fifty fifty shot of me like either just sharing the bed because I like don't want to make a big deal out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just yeah. like, let's just get this interaction over with. Or yeah, I would, I would do pull, pull the bench move and go, yeah, I'll just, I'll just be over there. It's fine. Don't worry. It's whatever. Yeah. 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 There's, you know, there's a fire yeah, here. It's great. Sit here. Maybe actually, you know what? I would lie on the ground. Yeah. By the fire. Yeah, probably. Like a, like a, like like a, a puppy. Like an old dog. Like Milo. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, my, exactly. Yeah. My, my fear would be that I, I don't want to like take the bed from the, the guy the harpooner i don't care what the harpooner is like now if we had met that's a different story yeah no but you haven't you gotta be you gotta be in his mood if it's queequeg though because he seems cool i would do it yeah but But you don't know this you're you're in ishmael's shoes this is the thing also you're an anxious mess in this case well it's you it's you in ishmael's situation (laughs) right like yes 
you've got your your you know traveling backpack and you roll through and this is this is the deal i am honestly like mm-hmm. so torn on this because like yeah i have slept in um like airport floor corners mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. under benches mm-hmm. and in parks when i get into a place too early and i'm tired and i sleep next to a fountain and shit like i've been the person who sleeps in front of the fire or curls up in a corner on a floor mm-hmm. and is perfectly happy and fine to do that so like for sure we'll do that also i love meeting people and <laughs> okay like i i literally don't know what i like i have to i have to actually like suss it out in my brain so if someone said like yeah you can share a bed with uh this other like harpooners are just like jacked and okay. fascinating, frankly. And uh-huh. I'm sociable. Like I'm actually, an, I'm an introverted person. I enjoy having my alone time, but I, I meet people all the time and I'm always very like affable. And so mm-hmm. the idea of just being like, yeah, I can sleep in a comfy bed and just like, I don't get that awkward with that stuff. Yeah. Here's the thing is I think I actually would do it because I would be leaning into the energy that Ishmael has in the beginning of these chapters where he's like, I'm fucking doing the thing. Like, Bro, if you're doing the thing, we're doing the thing. Like, hell yes. Sign me up. Who am I going to meet? Who's it going to fucking be? Like, who are we hanging out with tonight? Let's go. I think I would. Yeah. Uh, Underrated sleeping position uh, on a bench with your head down on a table. Yes. Mm, Yeah. It's a good one. No. Hoodie action. Sometimes I'll try to sleep like that on the plane where you put the table down and then you. Yeah. It's how you sleep in. It's how you sleep on a desk in class. Yeah. Yeah. I did Uh, not uh do that when I was in (laughs) class. Nerd. Or. Still, wow. yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I was studying. God. Face down, Please. face down into your arms on the desk. Yeah. Uh-huh. So good. Uh-huh. I don't know. It just seems uncomfortable. I don't know. I would rather. Oh, I would rather sleep with. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to misrepresent right. the comfort level of the position. It is, but we're we're just saying like like got. relative to the floor. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not. Bad. I've slept on the floor. Yeah. I don't think I could sleep like that because then my neck hurts. You can't enter on the floor. Everything sleep hurts. unless you're horizontal. There you go. So you won't get as much rest. That's why, like, sometimes when you when you get off the red eye flight, there's lots of reasons. But the fact that you can't like lay down fully means you're never getting your full cycles, and so you always feel like shit. Mm. Sounds like a Herman fact. Yeah, it could be a Herman fact. <laughs> check me. Fact check me. Okay. Um, <laughs> the before before we go on, I, I this is probably like the best place this will fit. Mm. This is a weird thing, but I made a zine about the first chapter forever ago. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I have linked it in the in the show oh. notes, and I can link it in the in the show notes for for the listener. But uh, it is uh, I took just chapter one loomings, and I made a series of nine Markov chain poems. Which, if you don't know what a Markov chain is, this will look like absolute nonsense. Uh, it will still look like nonsense if you know what Markov chains <laughs> are, but True. you will understand why it's nonsense. Um, but they slowly become. Uh, more and more coherent uh, as the as the poems proceed, um, and yeah, that's it. Sick. They're very cool. they're all very good. I'm I'm a huge fan of Markov chains. Hell yeah! But yeah, so that's our that's our first episode here, chapters one yeah. through three of Moby Dick. Huge thank yous to Josie Breckner for our wonderful theme song. If you would like to find more of the music that Josie makes, you can find her at her website, which is josiebreckner.com. That's J-O-S-I-E-B-R-E-C-H-N-E-R.com. Next time that you catch us, we are going to be rolling on through chapters four through nine, um, and we will see what's in store. We've gotten our very tasty tidbit at the beginning of chapter four here, and I can't wait Can't just wait to see what, what we get into. Hey, Carlos. Yeah, uh, Matthew. 
worth noting it's chapters four through nine but that's like 20 pages in my edition which is like less than what it's we much were, less correct? so here's the thing is like the way that i divided these <laughs> the way that i divided these up lat when you were saying like it's a weird choice that chapter yep. three is so long and yet chapter two is so not that's not gonna stop being true there's gonna be right. like chapters in here <laughs> that are like a normal length that we think of chapters being and then there's gonna be chapters that are literally two paragraphs and that's it um and the way that I tried to divide this up without spoiling myself too much for a reread is going back through and trying to chunk it into like reasonable pieces that seem like they go well together. So it's not going to be the set number of chapters, not going to be like three chapters a week. It's not going to be 20 pages per week. It's going to be like, here's a tidbit of this story that seems like it fits together. Um, sort of. So it's going to, it's going to change over time, but hopefully it'll, it'll get us where we need to go. So before before next week, um, so since since we've all read it before, uh, truthfully, I like remember some bits of what happens next, but not a lot. But Carlos, you've never read it before, so what do you think? Like, given these yeah. three chapters, what do you think is going to happen in our next chunk of chapters? What's coming up next? What's what's next? All right, here's my predictions. Yeah, all right. I think Ishmael and Queequeg are gonna be friends. <laughs> They're gonna mm -hmm. become besties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, always I, marry your best friend. I always say that. Yeah, and they. So I'm not sure how they get to the boat mm. is it was quick going there already who knows do they what do you think to, maybe maybe they're best friends and they choose the boat together oh i don't know that'd be, oh, that'd be cute that'd be nice that'd be nice I'm, I'm guessing quick is on the boat like i'm just gonna predict that okay. mm -hmm. all right um, Solid predictions. and uh, mm -hmm. it's it's what is five six chapters so i'm guessing yeah. they probably get to the boat finally i hope Let's i have see. no idea what what else is gonna happen there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, these, are, these have been pretty wild so far. Bold of you to think that there's a boat. Uh -huh. yeah. well, I don't yeah, know if it's the boat. The I boat. don't know if it's the the Pequod, 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 Pequod. Pequod. Um, I don't know if it's that boat. I'm guessing probably. I don't know, but it's a long book, so maybe it's a different boat first. Maybe. No, it's probably that boat. It's probably that boat. Okay, that we boat. got predictions. Gonna get to the boat. Gonna be friends on the boat together. Oh, do we see Ahab? Do you think we'll we will? You. Do you want to make sorry you want to lock that in? <laughs> We're asking you, but no, also but it's, I don't really. There's remember. like 170 chapters. I don't think. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Okay. No, he's not there. Okay. okay. Well, we will find out next time on uh, on that as we roll towards the conclusion of this book and and keep on trucking. Catch you then. Bye. 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 Bye.